Greetings and salutations. You've successfully arrived at the bloody, disgusting network. The passage of time will now bring you to something strange, unique, and idiosyncratic. Have a good time. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. Do you want to die, Sydney? It's your turn to scream, asshole. From the streets of Woodsboro. Back to the streets of Woodsboro. We are Halloweenies. Hello, Halloweenies, trick or treat. We are back. I am Ghostface himself. I'm kidding. But I am the Ghostface with the most face, Justin Gerber, and we are back to talk all things Scream 2022. Make sure you listen to part one, which should be on your feed. And if it isn't on your feed, why did you delete it? Go back into your history. Find it. It's there. Because this is our uh, concluding coverage of Scream 2022, part two of two. So I hope you're ready to listen to us talk about the cast. I hope you listen, listening to hear us talk about the uh, special effects, the kills, our final uh, grandfather time reviews. I'm stumbling, but I promise it's very succinct for the next couple hours. So uh, kick back, relax, and enjoy the rest of the program. A while ago, Caffrey mentioned All American Rejects, and they have a song called Move Along. And I think it's there's no better time to move along than now into like our next song. category which we've been calling and continue to call Sick Fucks. It's a fun game, Sydney. See, we ask you a question, and if you get it wrong, you die. You get it right, you die. You're crazy, both of you. All right, it is time to talk about The Killers. Not the band, The Killers, based on New Order's video for Crystal, I think the, the fake band yes. that was called The Killers. Yes, 100% right. Great songs are there. Where, hey, where were they on this fucking soundtrack? We kill, I would kill for some killers on the Scream Twenty Two soundtrack. Yeah, you know, and they're, they're the kind of band where they're just big enough and kind of still also. I don't want to say under the radar, but they're not like you know. I guess they do solid arenas overseas. I could see the killers on this soundtrack, is what I'm saying. Yeah, Scream I can see them recording a Good new challenge. song for it. All right, all right. Well, we're listen. done with the music. <laughs> Mac is done with the music. We got to talk about my, Mac is a big fan of this actor. Jack Quaid. Love him. As God. Richie Kirsch. Of course, this is great because finally a Quaid ended up in a slasher movie because Dennis Quaid was very close to being Bob in 1978's Halloween because he was married to PJ Souls at the time. Fun fact for everybody mm, out there. I think right. Randy Quaid was close to being cast as Dewey, right? In the first Scream? I think you're right. I think that no, Randy Quaid was also close to being identified as sane. <laughs> Didn't quite make the cut. Um, literally an insane person. Okay. Richie Kirsch, very funny throughout. Mac, what did you think about your boy Quaid from the boy Amazon's The Boys? You know, it's funny because every single thing I've ever seen Quaid in, I, I don't want to like him. I don't know hmm. why. He just gives me, he just come. he just oozes this presence that it's just like, I don't want, I don't think that I like you, you, you know, I, I don't know. For some reason, I just don't want to like this character. I don't want to like the actor. Probably that son of an actor, like, swagger that he I has. I guess, maybe. He's probably gotten away with say, everything his whole fucking life. 
But like, I finally watched The Boys. He's so love good, him, man. Love a minute. Love a minute. <laughs> I watched so Plus Ones. He, he's really like likable in that. And I, and in this, I was like, I, it was kind of the thing where I'm like, is this going to be an oversaturated situation where he's just going to be in everything? I thought he was used really well in this. I thought they they, they threw you off, even when he says. We met six months ago. I looked at Justin because I thought in my head, I was like, that doesn't rule anything out because these people in these movies, these crazy, these killers are like insane. You know, it's, yeah. I just feel like they, they, they could easily be that committed. You know what I mean? So, but I, I will say with Justin, they do a really good job making you like him mm-hmm. so that throughout the movie. You're a little bit more on board, on board with letting go the idea that he might be the killer. Even when they show him watching all the stab movies, it makes sense at the end because he's obsessed with the stab movies. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's a good so point. It's not like it's not like he's fake. It's not like he's it's like, well, well, no one's watching you right now watch the stab movies, so why are you doing that? You're only trying to fool the audience. No, because he's obsessed yeah, he loves with that is yeah. such a good point. That yeah. is such a good point. <laughs> Rothman, yeah. you want to talk about I know you you mentioned you really want to talk about him like at this point, at least an hour ago. So go ahead and, and uh let's hear you talk about Jack Wade in this. So the character, I'm, of t- or I'm of two minds here because one I, I I it all to support Mac in the sense that I I love this character. I really lo- I love this character because I thought that um you know it's it's I don't know it's you, you rarely get a character that, that that's this new that kind of feels like he's you know of the scream mold. Um and I started thinking like is this a bad idea that they made him the killer? Because I mean let's be honest like and we'll you know as we discussed before they're probably going to make more of these, right? And we'll see on we'll we'll know we'll more find by out Monday this week. when this comes out. And, and, uh, and we're down to like two legacy characters. The yeah. next one they're gonna they're pretty much gone. So like no shade to this cast, and you know, and apologies for praising a white male, but I think Jack is arguably like one of the three strongest characters in this movie, and I do think that supports him being a killer because obviously you need to have a really charismatic person to be a killer. So obviously we see what happens when. We don't have a charismatic character like in uh, Scream 3, and it's kind of like, okay, great. But I was kind of disappointed that he turned out to be a killer because, like, he's he's fun, you know? Like, I liked him. Like, but even when... Yeah, but that's, again... But that's like, the screen I mean, think conundrum. About Stu, think yeah. about I know, Stu, Stu and, it's the Stu and Billy, Billy thing. Yeah. Like, I, I, you don't want them to be killers because you do like them on some I know and level. he even so says that I as much in the they, movie they hit which the I love mark but... in that sense you know No yeah. I'm not saying they don't I think I agree I yeah, think that they yeah. do like it supports him being a killer I mm. think that like it makes it better it makes the reveal of that much better and I again like I love when he admits that he's like oh I know it's bummer that it's me That's kind of funny yeah because I felt the same way That was good but, yeah. that was good Like I kind of want him around for the sequel <laughs> I, I, I just I love this character cuz I was thinking throughout the movie like oh wow and we can actually start talking about this now because we are talking about the characters is the fact that we're watching a Scream movie and Dewey doesn't show up until 30 minutes in. Mm-hmm. And really, Gail doesn't show up and, and Sydney not until like about an hour into this movie. And I was never thinking to myself, all right, can these, can these people show up? Right. And I think that's a strength of this movie. Is, yeah. and, and Mac, you touched on it a long time ago. The ensemble, the new ensemble, is as strong as it's been in, since, since the first Scream in many ways, if not Scream 2. You know what I mean? I think that the new characters are much have their own weight to them. They don't but need also, to have those other characters there. But I also credit that to the screenwriters because they gave them the time to shine and they may, they def, they are absolutely giving the old cast a more peripheral, like supporting role. Whereas in the, uh, the past movies, even for Sydney is still very much the central character. Mm. 
And I, I feel like this is, they were really trying to usher in a new younger audience, uh, or, or, you know, the, the, the new crew or whatever. And I feel like they did it because yeah. guess what? When you take the time to write characters and build a movie around them and then use the good things of these, the, the past four or whatever, you know, like that, that's, what's going to happen. Well, Caffrey, what'd you think about Richie Kirsch? I loved him. I mean, and he, he genuinely fooled me. Like I really, yeah. and you know, in the beginning, you always suspect the boyfriend, right? It's like you said, it's one of the rules, but I, I, he, it's also hard. I think it's hard because it's an archetype. I don't always love seeing in films, especially kind of teen talky teen films like this. It's, I think it's a, it's a very hard task to make the witty sort of dweeby boyfriend likable. Like it's not an archetype. I usually gravitate to yeah. in this movies, but I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> I thought he was so charismatic. I liked him. I, after, after I'd, I'd say the first couple scenes, I never thought he was the killer once. And it is that mm-hmm. conundrum, right? Because I mean, my favorite character from the first movie, Stu, uh, yeah, who is a killer. And so, yeah, I, I was, I was, it's interesting too, because I feel like in Scream where there's two killers after the first one anyway, there's always one like one really charismatic killer and then like one kind of dead character who's a killer. And I, I feel like that works actually works kind of well in this movie. So I think too, because I wasn't so into Amber as the killer, not, not and like I said, I don't, I don't even mean that as a criticism, if that makes sense. Like I kind of like how she was the more, um, the not a showy killer. Right. Like I think mm-hmm. because of that, that just highlighted how much I liked him. And yeah, I actually, I don't, cause I haven't seen the boys. I've read the comics, but I don't think I've seen Jack Wade in anything either. So I was just like kind of genuinely surprised at how well, I mean, oh, let's, let's, yeah. let's hear it for the boys. Cause I know you, yeah. uh, let's give the boys a hand. Cause I know that <laughs> love many that people on this podcast, like but, but my question that, yeah, for you yeah, is, you isn't this character though, like the worst case version of this would be some Ryan Reynolds knockoff playing this guy. <laughs> I agree with that. hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. But I spent the whole movie wondering, why this guy looks so familiar, not knowing that he was Dennis Quaid's kid. Oh, that would have driven me crazy. Because he looks just like, and when I saw the name, I was like, oh, that that adds up. I agree with everything you guys are saying. And again, uh, to Mike's point, really wish he wasn't a killer because I wanted to see more of him. Yeah. The conundrum of the Scream movies, sure. But as we're talking about the scene with the killers, I this is also where the movie started to lose me a little bit. Mm. Because I thought... A lot of the toxic fandom stuff to what Mike said earlier, a little too on the nose, a little too uh, just giving the audience what they want. And also the ending was starting to feel too much like the original Scream. Yeah. Like, I mean, right down to being in the kitchen and a big explanation of everything. And I don't think do that in four as well. And I, I don't like that one either. Yeah. I don't. It's like the, the, the script is so good up to that point. I agree. That yeah. I feel like it just stumbles right there. And I think he even stumbles the location also, that, even, the killers even indicate how they're literally, tr- they are literally trying to recreate, which is the, the, the troubling thing. Cause like, well, we've already been through this movie. That's the troubling thing. It's like, well, we've already seen this. So to us, it feels very redundant, but it's also serving the, the point that the filmmakers are trying to make. So, I you think know. the screenwriters could have done that and elevated it. Oh, wait a minute. You want some elevated horror? I don't know. Put him on the fucking roof. Just get him out of that goddamn kitchen. The kitchen, yeah. And I, the I think that's the catch 22 with these. It's the Halloween fork and under him. Put him on the roof. We put him on the roof. Set the I house mean, on fire. But really liked, really liked Jack Quaid. Would watch him in something else again. I like him as. Because he kind of plays dopey in this. I don't know if he can do leading man stuff, but I like, I like to think he has it in him. He's uh, he was in vinyl, so I had seen him in something before. But he he's doing kind of dopey side character. You know, somebody well. touched upon it before we move on to the next baddie. Uh, is I think plus one is a really underrated romantic comedy. 
He's yeah. really good in that. It's it's him and it's uh, Maya Erskine from from a uh, Pen Fifteen. Pen Fifteen. Check it out if you haven't already, folks. I think it's on Hulu. Uh, I think it's on no Hulu, free plugs. Yeah. All right. So the other killer, though, who we who we learn uh, met Richie, I guess, on like Reddit message boards or whatever it was. Just the to- whole toxic fan. They should have just right? said Twitter. Yeah, they, should, they really they could have. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't mute the right people. <laughs> it's Mikey Madison as Amber Freeman. So for me. I don't know. I I wasn't too blown away by uh, this. Uh, can I can I jump character. into this? Yes, please. Uh, this one? Man, this girl cannot catch a break in the final reel, can she? You know where she's from, right? She's in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, right? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Don't you, you remember her white little face? Also? That's this was driving. This is this was like you watching, not realizing that Jack Quaid was yeah. related to Dennis Quaid. This because I was looking at the whole movie like, where have I seen her before? Yeah, you saw okay. her on, and you've and you've seen her on fire before. On fire before. Right, Come right. on. You know what? That adds a whole other element to this movie, though. But I guess that was it. That was, uh, Katie Reif did an interview with the guys, the Radio Silence guys, and said that was not an inside joke that was in the script already, that she was going to get lit on fire. What's funny, too, wow. because in Scream 2, didn't, didn't they meet like a Quentin Tarantino? Or don't they reference Tarantino in Scream 2? Yeah, they said Mickey like, the Tarantino. I believe they did. Yeah. I, th- I think, too. I mean, I don't know. Did, did her being a dud bother? Because it didn't bother me. I, Here's where I it bothers me. Yeah. Here's where it bothers me because I liked her because I like her in Once Upon a Time Hollywood. So when she showed up, I was excited. I don't think her character was necessarily a dud. I think where the problem lies, again, in the reveal is that it's never expressed to the movie how much she likes the stab movies enough or how much she likes movies or true crime or whatever it is she's into. She's just kind of there. To counter that, though, it, it, not a huge fan of this character overall, but having her not so obviously know any of these movies is also kind of a, a cover, possibly oh, no, too, right? But I pegged her. I, I figured I figured her out about half hour in. I think I thought. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I was guessing like everybody else, but and I hundred percent could have been wrong. But I figured her for one of them. And oh god, I had one more thought on it, and it I should I should have wrote it down because I because I lost it. Well, well, let me jump in. I. I the, I, I I actually like this character for the most part, I, and like Justin said, I kind of liked that they it was kind of muted or or especially the scene in the basement between that was her one and, of the um, best parts. Of that's one of the best. Yeah, is I that agree. you really I, I the the restraint there where that just kind of pans out and then there's no kill and and you're like okay like that I think that that was interesting to me. What wasn't interesting about and this goes for Quaid as well. When the reveal happens again, once again, once again, we have the, they're both this, the heightened zany Stu Mocker isms. It's like, can't, but we know you're explaining things, but why are they like all of a sudden like, <laughs> you know, just like losing their minds. And it's just, I don't understand why that always happens. Because they, these two watched the stab movies so fucking oh, much. True, I, guess. <laughs> I mean, like anything we can complain about from it being in the same kitchen to why are they doing this, which I agree yeah, yeah. was a little bit much. It's because they're trying to recreate this movie that they love so much when how old would these kids have been when they saw it? Oh, really young, and the movies would yeah. have already been out. You or know, if these kids out, are only yeah. supposed to be what, eighteen, they would have been born after Stab Stab Two or Three came out. You know what I mean? Rothman, I know you've been biting <laughs> at the chomps, chomping at the bit to, to say something about Amber Freeman. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it doesn't surprise me. And there's always that sort of, I mean, she just kind of reminds me of Mickey. 
Yeah, I don't really have much to say. Oh, there, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, I mean, she's just the Mickey character. It's just the the periphery yeah. killer that always has to be there. I do wish they would have fleshed her out just a little bit more. I mean, there's yeah. like a handful of characters in this movie that lack some depth, but you know, she's fine. I mean, I, I got the feeling, Mike. Like, I agree with you that there's a lot. There was a lot of stuff left on the cutting room floor. There's a couple other characters in this that we'll get to that where I'm like, why was this character even in the movie? Like, you know, there has to be some scenes. Um, well, we'll get to them in a second. Yeah, but first, yeah, yeah. we got to talk about somebody I notice, and I always say, you know, you can't do it. For me personally, it's, it's hard for me to imagine an Elm Street movie, even though they did this, without Robert England. Despite all of our grievances with it, I just, I can't see it. It would be like making a Scream movie without the voice of Roger L. Jackson, who returns once again to supply the voice for the uh, for, for Ghostface. Would you guys say, and may, maybe he does do this in some of the other movies, but in that very first scene, the way he went from at posing as her you know, mom's like partner Normal. or whatever, that yeah. seemed fresh and, to and, me. And just like devolved his voice into Ghostface, uh, that I scared really the hell that. out of me. I thought that was, that was good. Yeah, so I really cool. like that. Oh, I know what I wanted to say about the character of Mikey. Man, she no, was no, fun. Mikey. Mikey is the name oh, of the actress. Or character of Amber. It's Amber. That's how much. That's how memorable she is, right, guys? How brutal she was when she fucking broke her friend's leg. Oh, I that know. was hers. Oh, yeah. God Ugh. damn. Ugh. Anyway, I agree on the violence of this. As we'll get into the violence when we talk about the characters themselves. But anyway, yeah, the Roger L. Jackson. This is a way to keep that person fresh. Supposed to just once again saying, you know, hi, are you so and so? It was a really creepy evolution, even though we, the audience, I think we all knew, right? Everybody who I was. Sure. I was back and I forth. Wasn't I wasn't quite sure. Yeah, oh. I'm with Dan. Right at, right at the beginning, I wasn't quite sure because I, I was listening for the inflections and, all, and the voice in general. And I was like, this is the first time that Ghostface has purposely guised their voice or was speaking differently. And so that's why I was... But then they never did it again. So I, I don't know. It was kind of... It was, it was fun, but I, I don't know if it wholeheartedly worked because yeah i thought it was like a nice little cheeky homage to scream 3 with the voice changers where it was like mm, yeah. kind of a, a nice evolution of that a little more natural and it you know and also because everything has to be fucking meta in this movie it felt like uh he's he's back you know it's been a long time but he's <laughs> back you know it's still the, movie, the movies are back and ghostface oh, is back yeah ghostface is the same gotta ease the fans into this. yeah but I will say, unlike, you know, I, I think there are a lot of uh, veteran actors that have the signature voices. And when they come back, sometimes it doesn't work. Um, I think it took a few episodes for Brad Dorf to get into his voice for Chucky. But with this, I don't know. I think that there's there's something to be said about all this time weighing in on his voice. There's like a more rust to it in a yeah. way. And I think it adds to this sort of visceral style this movie has you know it's so fucking blunt and it's so it's so violent that to have a voice that almost feels a little more grounded it, it and i like that you they, they flip on the switch almost like it's a fucking proton pack when they're like under the you know the yeah, that's cool. yeah. like oh, I that, that, little, was that cool little noise was pretty cool yeah like i love that and i and it just grounded it a little bit more in a way that i think you needed in this film so roger jackson <laughs> You did a great job. Lights, camera, Jackson. Lights, camera. You know what else I will say? Isn't it wild, though, to think that he was just supposed to be a temporary voice in that first movie? You know, oh, was he really? The, I didn't. Yeah, that blows so me that's away. pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, but it's so hard to imagine. 
these movies without him. So, well, let's uh, move on to our next category in the memory of the great Randy Meeks, of course. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Everybody wait, hates wait, wait, wait. now on Twitter, but. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Anyway. We have one more thing. One more thing. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Did, I, did I miss something? Yeah. No, no, no. We, we uh, earlier this week, we asked our listeners oh, to, to predict the killers. I've got my note here. Prompt Rothman. For it's results, fine. And I totally skipped over it. It's totally fine. Good job. You're that one, dipshit. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, speak for that's, yourself, moron. That's an Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> there you go. So we asked our listeners to predict a killer. Now, a lot of our listeners got half right. You know, hmm. uh, some got some, some, you know, paired them wrong. You know, some got one of the names right. The one person. Got both. There's two people that got that got them both, but one person went a little overboard. But one person who got it right, without having any uh, you know other guesses or sways, was Patrick Amedio, who said Amber and Richie. So, wow. congrats, Patrick. Congrats. You, are, so you are the Dewey. James James Vanderbilt. Yeah, <laughs> James Vanderbilt's our patron. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, going into this movie, right before going in, I I came up with the idea. I thought. Maybe all of the kids are the killers, and it's going to be all about killing the past. Which was he, the Scream 4 premise, I believe. Or was it mm. Scream 3? I forget. Scream I, forget. I, Scream. I thought that too, Mac, yeah. especially at the house at the end. I thought it was going to, because I was counting the characters who were sort of being dispatched. And they, with, um, gosh, I keep forgetting her first name, Randy's niece. I thought she was going to be a killer for a second because they don't really, I mean, because she doesn't really get killed. They don't really show her graphically getting stabbed. It almost seemed like a Billy thing. And I was counting, and I'm like, oh, maybe there's going to be five killers for Scream mm-hmm. 5. Like, I really did think yeah. everyone in the house, except for the couple who were running from them, were, were going to be killers. Yeah, it's I, not I, too late. That would have been Scream cool. A uh, quick thing we need to talk about, the clip from Stab 5, where we get to see Ghostface in a metal mask using a flamethrower cool. and two katana blades, I believe. Right? Yeah. And a dead meat's own. What's I forgot the... I What's his... Oh, uh, fuck. I know who you're talking about. It's, James... Uh, no, it's Tim Cool Guy. Okay, there you go. From Dead Meat is on that YouTube channel, so I'm, I'm sure he was very happy to be on there. Didn't it? Did it feel like that the movie kind of made a concerted effort to have it be like more male victims? Hmm, I hadn't thought about it, but let me think. I did. I. I mean, I hmm. kind of liked the fact that Hicks' son was the shower scene, right? You know, like you don't yeah. see that Oof. normally. That was kind of fun. Showering, you know. Friday the Thirteenth Part Four came to mind as a film mm-hmm. that subverts the shower sequence, having a man, a hot, you know, that, hot dude. And, and I don't know where we would put. Is there is there a place where we would talk about other horror films? In this no, that's later on. Yeah, later on. Yeah. Okay, okay, I, think it's I, called have a, Kings I have Dominion. a lot of illusions. But, okay. <laughs> yeah, Kingston. Okay, well, let's start. So we, we we're we're teasing it. Well, actually, real quick, Mike, how many people answered? Were not like nineteen answers? And isn't it crazy? Only one person got it right, right? No, we had like twenty eight and twenty eight answers. Only and one person, one got, person right. got the right. Comment. The other that's incredible. The, a lot I of will say. Eduardo Hernandez got close because he he said Amber and Richie, but he also put Dewey in there. So blew it. Sorry, you blew it. Yeah, it's all or nothing, folks out there. All right, you understand? We appreciate your support, but you don't. I'm kidding. God. All right, next category. Listen, by the way, everybody's a suspect. He's got killer printed all over his forehead. Okay, really? Why the cops let him go, smart guy? Because obviously they don't watch enough movies. This is standard horror movie stuff. Prom night revisited, man. All right. Well, we got to start at the top. This is uh, Sam Carpenter, played by Melissa Melissa Barrera, who's had a hell of a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was one of the stars of In the Heights that came out last year. Um, she was also she starred in Stars's the, the the network Stars show Vita, which is a uh, favorite of Danette Chavez for Baby Club. I would know that for sure. Um, but she's playing the daughter of Billy in this movie. 
as, as did you guys pick up on that? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> but I will say this though: interesting. Her name is Sam, and if she were to take Billy's last name, it would be Sam, Sam Loomis. Loomis. I caught it. I did mm. caught, catch that. Yeah, Psycho and Halloween Zone, Sam Loomis. Uh, so obviously, a lot of this movie's got to kind of hinge on her shoulders, at least for the first hour. Uh, how do you think she did? This is the first time I personally had seen her in anything. Yeah, same here. Uh, Dan, did you you saw In the Heights, right? I did. Yes. So would you like to how do you how do you how do you feel she did in this? How do you think she, her career is going so far? Oh, great! I, <laughs> I think she's doing media just mogul fine. Dan yeah, yeah, like, uh, yeah, she's doing she's wonderful. Great, well, she's, she's a great some talent. Good career. <laughs> us, us, at the William Morris Agency, we're so thrilled to have her and, and tell new stories. No, I I really liked her a lot. I I liked. You know what I really liked? It was such an. I, I I was a big fan of the Billy Loomis stuff, and I'm usually not with that kind of thing. You know, I know they did do some weird yeah. Irishman. Uh, the aging mosquito work and everything, but it, it really worked for me. It caught me off guard when, when I first saw it, I genuinely didn't know how it was going to come into play when she sees him in the mirror. And I love how at the end he's kind of goading her to, oh, you know, to kill awesome. the killers. And, yeah. and, and I like how she's so doing cool. it in a kind of psychotic way to the point where like, no, I think this girl has, I think she's exercising her serial killer tendencies like Dexter style on this. And I thought, I thought she did a really nice job of, of blending that with being a more realistic grounded per. I mean, she's, the protagonist, I would, I would say, right of the, of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought she was great. Yeah, yeah. Rockman, what were you saying? Yeah, I'm a big fan of enemies to lovers in terms of storylines, and also a yeah. bigger fan at enemies to heroes, as you know from my boy Steve Harrington and Stranger Things. Mm. So, and I think that <laughs> kind of fits also, into the let's era. talk about this. Talk about this. Stranger Things, Steve Harrington. Who is this? Uh, well, he's a, you know. No, uh, God. I'm just joking. Oh, God. But I, I do think that I, I do like this this kind of curveball that they throw here. And I wonder if they're going to go forward with this. If now, if she's going to be like the Sydney with a dark passenger, like what you mentioned, Dan, like mm. a Dexter thing. And if so, uh, maybe uh, Billy's going to bring some friends around in the in the mirror. And we might see some more DH friends that, that join well, him. And we get like a Frightener situation here. And you got like a bunch of Matthew fucking Lillard dead it's Henry Winkler who's still alive. <laughs> he's like he's like messing with his hair. I want to echo what everybody's been saying about Melissa Barrera. I, I do think she was really good in the film, but I and I do love that twist because it's the first time where if you're moving into another scream film, that I believe that the protagonist could possibly be the killer in the next one. You know what I mean? It does. It's like everybody's mm-hmm. still suspect, and I think like. That was never the case with Sydney, and never never needed to be because you know I love the fact that Sydney was always like you know not because it never made sense for Sydney to be be, no. be the killer. What, what a defeat for the franchise if if Sydney was the the murderer. Well, it's funny, Mac. I, I have a question for Vanderbilt, but it's funny how thinking about the last year, we kept saying to ourselves, oh, maybe maybe one of the original trilogy, maybe one of the original trios, the killer, and maybe they're playing Nev Campbell. And we, we we're always so like, they're definitely going to totally subvert and they never do it, you know, no. but Vanderbilt, my yeah. question to you is this, this kind of goes back to the worst case scenario for Richie would be a knockoff for Ryan Reynolds. I'm thinking about that monologue that she has to give her sister, which in the wrong hands could go absolutely wrong or having to explain. And then I talked to mom and I found out Billy is my father, but I think she did a pretty good job. What, what do you think about her in the movie overall? Too? I, I, I like that. See, I think she's good. I think the problem with her is that she's kind of overshadowed by everything else that's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, sure, I, sure. I'd say like anybody else in this movie could have probably played that role. And uh, are we going to talk about the Skeet Ulrich stuff here? Or are we going to save that for later? We can talk about here because no, he's basically to. her. Because I fucking character. loved it. Because as Rafid texted me last night, you sort of got your wish that Scream supernatural, went supernatural. Right? 
And yeah. when he first showed up, I thought they were kind of making fun of the elevated horror thing about how it's every one of these elevated horror movies starts with some chick taking her uh, psycho meds, you know, it, <laughs> yeah. in the morning. Doing parental uh, it, stuff, yeah, too. Yeah. And um, <laughs> Jesus. So then, like, then, then he kept coming back. And when he gives that little smile at the end, it's like you're watching Return of the Jedi or something. Or Paul Walker at the end of the uh, the Fast Fury and Furious Seven. movie. Yeah. Brian Tyler's music. Brian Tyler's music. And uh, you know, like I said, I was kind of out of it. The movie, I was kind of like, I wasn't really with it at that point. And then that happened, and it brought me right back in. And when she did the move, where she wipes the blood off the knife. Like, uh, I, yes, uh, I was when on board she again. she stabs him basically to death, I think she kills yeah. him in that sequence. That is so violent and just visceral. But it's not one of those scenes like when the other, and listen, we love, there's something wrong with us, obviously, because we do love all these slasher movies and Jason, these great kills. The, the kills in this movie are not designed, in my opinion, at least the way I took it, to be, quote-unquote, badass, or look how crazy this is. No, They're I don't really think so either. unsettling. And oh, even yeah, she's it's stabbing him to death, it's, yeah. yes, it's very effective in a way. Yeah. For Sheriff Hicks and, and her son, I thought, I mean, it was oh, great, so but I was, unsettling. oh, God, it was, it like, really the most emotional God, kill in the movie. The, all of the kills, the opening, uh-huh. that just just disturbing, uncomfortable, yeah, unsettling kills. It's just and like, I yeah, think that effective. shows... Uh, some real uh, what do I say? What do I say? Uh, bravery on the filmmakers' part to make them so violent, and to have the the girl be the not only be the daughter of a serial, serial killer, but kind of claim her throne in a weird yeah. way. I mean, I, yeah, it's weird. It it kind of toes a weird line because it's like you're kind of adding some weird pathos to the Billy Loomis character in an odd way, but also at the same time, kind of like when you see him in the mirror at the end. I'm not saying it's glamorizing him, but it almost feels like this, like, fuck yeah, Billy's back. Like, (laughs) it just kind of has this for a rock and roll moment there, uh, which I don't mind. I I do think it's in her, it's all, but then if you look at it. It is in her head, but I'm just saying, you know, at surface level. It does feel like the version of Billy that she's made up based off of the stab, you know, she never knew Billy. Yeah, she never met him. We're projecting you know, that Billy is this, but it, it's not. That's how she sees Billy. I'm just picturing with a guitar in the entity. mirror now. Just like, oh, God. I will say, like, as for the CGI... Over, he's actually looking at himself. He's not looking at her. He's like looking at himself in the mirror playing. He's guitar. like, damn, yeah. I look good. As for the CGI, which I maintain, folks, it still doesn't work, okay? No. If you're making movies out there, I swear. But it's a little more forgiving here because it's not real. Right. Yeah, I mean, also not supposed so, to be yeah. him. Yeah, it's it's, it's a little more forgivable. I agree. And it's, it's a little and, more and, and, and it's not. There's not so much of it too. You yeah. know, we're not. You're not. You're not staring at like. like I do. Robin well, do, what are you supposed to do in that eyes. situation? You can't have somebody else play that character. Yeah. I no, that's, I think that you. Hard. One thing I was thinking about is how much more affecting would it be if he was just kind of standing there, like he just sees flashes. And she is in the mirror or in the back, mm. like in the rearview mirror, and he doesn't talk, and he's just kind of staring. And I think that actually works a little like, bit more. Effective. That works like, better uh, in a different movie. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. But I, the screen I, I, movies I, I are inherently kind of silly. Yeah, this does. Uh, I think personally, it does go full supernatural though, because it's not. I, I think about it. It's not just in her head, because even at the end, 
he's the one that kind of is like, hey, look under the window. There's yeah. the there's yeah. the knife. And there's a knife there. And then she looks and there's well, the I knife. Think, I think that there's a little <sighs> bit of I want to keep winning in it. A little supernatural in there. I hope that's what it is. I want that to be. I wonder. That's a great point. They they choose to (laughs) move forward. They planted the seed. Is all I'm saying. Well, it kind of reminds me of the end of again of uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Four a little bit, where they're implying Uh that Tommy Jarvis will be the next killer. Mm -hmm. I was going to say the Tommy Jarvis link here is very strong, and is whether or not they're actually going to lean into it. Like five kind of does, but then abandons it solely. On, you see, it's on the same thing with yeah Halloween too, with with uh, Daniel Harris's Danny. character. They never go for it. They don't go there. What if what if they? She's talking to him in the mirror at the end, and then some someone's like, "Who are you talking to?" Oh, just a friend. <laughs> so, yeah. like, they, they see like, I a love little, it. An old just an old friend. She walks away. They see a little uh, glimmer of it. Nah, that's what I'm saying. Guy. Lean into it. Just yeah, keep doing please, it. I mean, it, you Cobra Kai this shit. Like the the, the next one. <laughs> ha, like I'm telling you, like have fucking Stu show up, and everyone's de-aged, and we get this like whole fucking craziness and then maybe like uh was it uh uh mandy is it mandy that sees uh starts seeing randy you know um, hey mike you remember start... when i made the mindy, joke about mindy. there being possibly mindy, yeah, force, yeah sorry force ghosts in halloween kills are we finally getting force ghosts in uh dream six if dream max i will say if max reference checks out and that she did not in fact see that knife maybe a second before Billy said, "Pick it up. This could be a, a, a whole new ball game, folks. Whole new ball game." I'm just saying it might it might be leaning in that direction, but if it doesn't, you know, I, that's fine. I don't expect it to. <laughs> but I would like to see maybe in the sequel, maybe the maybe the lead's not Melissa. Maybe it's someone else, or maybe she went on, or you know, finally left Woodsboro. Right? Killed or, someone who was put behind well, bars, you know, and they got Mac- to break her out so that she can help. You know, and. I don't know. My my dark passenger is saying we got to move on to another character. Okay. And that character... Billy Loomis. Billy Loomis, played by Skeetor. <laughs> no, this character to me, I was cracking up every time he showed up and every time he spoke. Unfortunately, for us, the viewing audience, he was, he was like a shooting star. I thought he'd be in a lot much more... I thought he'd be in much more of the movie. He was the bad boy. <laughs> but he disappeared far too soon to the tunes of Red Right Hand. I'm talking about Kyle Gallner. As Man. Vince Schneider from a Nightmare on Elm Street reboot. This guy can't get a that? fucking break. Like yeah. he, he <laughs> gets in this Scream movie and he's yeah. in it for what two and a half minutes at Maybe. most. He's well, great that, in Nightmare on Elm Street, mem- but he's yeah. memorable. But and memorable. I think that's what counts. Yeah, I'm sure he this really loves my... that though. <laughs> like, a memorable, a memorable character that gets a memorable death. What more yes. can you ask for? That's what we'll be talking about in ten, twenty years. I mean, he does get the red right hand return, I and mean, that's a, yes. not a big thing. So. This storyline and the live character, these two characters, there's got to be more scenes. There should there. be. I like what? I like don't know. what is the point? But but again, they say like, what is the point? They even mention it in the movie. Mm-hmm. They, then they reveal later on that Vince, killing that no, guy. Vince is related to somebody. I think Vince is related to Stu. They do they do officially announce the people who have died who they're related to later no, on. He is. He, he's related to Stu. Yeah, they say yeah. that. At first they don't oh, know, see, but then they uh, reveal later on. Okay, All but right, that's fine. <laughs> that death, it really sets up the movie in terms of deaths, right? Because when Ghostface just steps up, right, and just stabs once in the neck and pulls away, that is just cruel. And then obviously the the, the repeated stabbings I, when he's on the ground. 
I, I agree that I, you know, I would like to see more of him just because I like him as an actor as well. I, but I, I also do think he was there to kind of be a red herring a little bit. I agree. Uh-huh. Like, you know, as both a killer the old and a boyfriend, victim. you know. Yeah, I, 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 I thought that was a nice diversion. But, but he, a red I mean, herring that lasts like 30 seconds. I mean, he's introduced <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then well, they no, kill him I, off in the next scene. Red, red, oh, red, red, he's, he's in the courtyard being a badass with his car, too. I mean, yeah, but after <laughs> he's after he's killed, you're kind of thinking and you're already thinking because Chad... Meeks Martin has mm. the bruises and then he would have it out for that guy because he's going after his girlfriend. So it's also to kind of create some doubt for Chad as well. Wait a second. Kyle Gowner is the kid in Wet American Summer who's on the dock who, yeah. who's like my friend drowned. That's so funny. I never knew That's that him? Oh, that yeah, is him. Like him. And <laughs> you're supposed to watch it, you know. <laughs> they kill him. throw him in the van. Yeah, he throw he him gets away. killed oh. early in that movie too. That's crazy. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Maybe he's the same character. Him. You know, he became a bad boy. <laughs> he's kind of, oh, it's kind of a Friday 13th connection too because he's out of camp. Great yeah. stuff. Good 20-year run for Kyle Gallner. Uh, Mac, you mentioned him. Chad Meeks Martin, played by Mason Gooding, who is uh, Randy's nephew, twin to Mindy, dying to get laid, but Liv is, Liv is not having it at the time. I think at first I wasn't really that thrilled with the character. It kind of felt like a bit of a, I don't know, I can't even, a knockoff of some other character from the franchise I can't, whose name I can't recall. But... I kind of warmed to him by the time we get to that party. Oh, Act Three end. is when he wins. Yeah, over. I did too. Yeah, I, yeah, did too. I, I agree. I think so. Maybe it's me, but did I guess I didn't make the association that he was the brother of Mindy until then. Like, I, it just didn't dawn on well, me. They like, never really, they, they never really drive it home until they're at Randy's sister's place, and it because sucks because the rapport right? is great. Like, I, they, yeah. I wish they saw more of that throughout the movie. I might have keyed in on it early because they mentioned their twins. And so I, 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 I really heard that because I am a twin. But, but yeah, they don't really lean into it until they're at the house when they're going over the rules. But I guess that's still in the first like hour, isn't it? Yeah, they mention it. This is what I'm talking about. Like it's we've only seen this movie once. You know what I mean? So it's hard yeah. to remember exactly when. If people I, say yeah, something, yeah. maybe we were laughing at something. I, we but I it, do you know. feel a lot of these problems that we are talking about. A lot of these characters are first draft or like one more draft kind of problems that could be yeah. worked out. One, I, I think too, because if you think about the the first scream, even the second scream to an extent, I mean, you could argue, okay, we remember those characters really well just because of the era we saw it in. It was they were the first movies, etc. But I think it's also just the simple idea of the cast size is smaller. Like, I mean, you had a large cast of teenagers in the yeah, past true. three movies here, and once again, I think they do that to divert because you need more options for people to guess who they are, et cetera, et cetera. So I understand it to an extent, but also like when I think about the first screen movie, I'm like, okay, the kids you have to focus on are Tatum, Sydney, Randy, Stu and Billy. And that's about like, it. And right? Scream five two, people. For, for better or worse, you're, you're just replacing the people who died with exactly. Kind of new yeah. versions so of those people. I think yeah. part of it's just like the, like the, and I agree with all of you that like I thought the ensemble cast was so much better in this one. I for the most part I really did care about a lot of them, but I think it's just a numbers game too. I mean, we have what like six to eight people that you're well, trying to focus in addition to the returning characters. It just yeah. You know, well, that's not the thing. To go around. It's the generational gap, and this is something that you see in Scream Four that they, to Max's point earlier, is that they don't really get to focus too many on the teens. They focus more on the legacy characters. Mm-hmm. In this yeah. case, they certainly focus more on on the teens here. But in addition to the legacy disparity that you have between you know legacy and new characters then you also have sam and richie that are coming in from out of town which are another disparate group and stuff so you have like three separate groups that it makes it really hard to have hangout moments especially considering the fact that one of the friends is in a hospital so you don't really get to have too (laughs) many hangouts there fun times you know so I, i think that's i think if we had maybe one more hangout scene where 
maybe they're kind of talking about like the kills and stuff like that. We get a little bit more rapport with the, the the kids and stuff. And maybe there are deleted scenes for it. I mean, there might be. I yeah, don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, it was also a two-hour movie, so they're, they're, they, I see why they had, they had to cut stuff too. Well, Mason Gooding was in. Uh, he, he looks familiar to me. He's in Booksmart. He's in Booksmart, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was pretty. I, I, I love. I, I love when he turned down sex. That was. Yeah. Yeah. Gang, was, gangbusters moment in the series. It was very funny to me. And he lives. He lives because of it too, right? <laughs> well, for a second. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, that's You're the new Dewey. They're on the rules true. almost. Yeah. But they were also clearly setting that up as uh, you know, well, maybe they're the killers. The twins are the killers. And now, were, did they film? Multiple endings to this? To, I don't to think guys? so. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Do okay. This isn't you know, a leak stream three, stream two, right. stream four. I think the pandemic also probably smart. helped with that too. You know? Yeah, because that's the true. Because all closed off. And- they, didn't, they didn't print it on like red ink that you couldn't photocopy or whatever it was. Mike, as a matter of fact, Nev Campbell said that this cast reminded her of, of the original because when they were filming the first one, they were still pretty closed off at the time. And because of the pandemic, they said that this cast was also just kind of confined their hotel room which is i think is why there's a lot of good chemistry in this movie even if you don't get a lot of those hangout scenes right i still feel like they still feel these people still feel like they know each other at least yeah totally they don't right. feel like they're just which, characters which off to, to be off yeah yeah well the next character uh dylan minette as wes hicks wes obviously a no much to wes craven who is the son of sheriff judy hicks he was my favorite teen. I don't know if you guys felt I that loved, way. I, I, lo- I really I liked him a lot. Yeah. I, I know what it was too. We ne- we've never gotten to see this. I don't think you really believed the bond with him and his mom. Like I cared mm-hmm. about yeah. Sheriff yeah. Hicks so much in this movie, even though she's not in it much. Like that. Whole, I mean, that was easily my favorite sequence. Like I, I yeah. right. Up. Like yeah. I really believed her being so worried to go home. I mean, that, that scene was really horrifying. Just thinking about how that would so be with scary. my own mom or whatever. I, I loved it. I, I don't know if it's because of his performance or them together or what, but I, I like felt the most emotionally connected to both. Of them. I, what I loved about his sequence leading up to his death is the fact that they must've teased. Uh, this is knowingly, this isn't just cheap, cheap shot tactics, tactics, like five jump scares. And they oh, never totally. Did it. Yeah. And it, I loved that. It was so obviously inventive. done, you know? Yes. They very subverted fun. every very visual trope you could think of in that sequence. They, they had mm-hmm. them open every like single door every possible. Every door now. <laughs> it was it was so but then the beauty so of it, the beauty of it is, and it hammers down the violence of this movie is that it's blunt. They don't cut yep. away when they just fucking jam the knife right into him. And it's like, and it's like you want them to pull away because Wes would have pulled away. And that's the difference here in this movie is that Wes would have cut it away and you wouldn't have seen that violence and you just see it go right into his fucking, and it's such a weird way too. It like almost like slips in yeah, and out. It's like, it's, it's telling you of the times, right? Cause Wes, Wes probably knew that it wouldn't make the movie. Why even put it in there? Yeah, or that's true. it would be deleted. Like so many of those scenes of scream. Think about this in terms of the violence. We can talk about this too. Is scream three because of everything with Columbine mm-hmm. is ultimately a very bloodless affair. It's like a PG 13 movie. Scream Four kind of yeah. starts to tease at it when when what's her name gets brutally murdered. You know oh, what's her name? Friend. They still party the next night. You know, yeah, yeah. that's a pretty brutal aftermath, <laughs> yeah. right? It is. The, the, ball, the, is the, the balls scene too, which is. But we don't <laughs> see the action as much as we do in this movie and any of the other ones. Like this really does go for it. It just feels real without being too gratuitous or anything like that. Well, it just feels real. It's it's hammering home a point. This is violent. People are dying. Think about how Sheriff Hicks dies. She's like dies in broad daylight and she's just fucking stabbed. There's you no know, like you when, know. and she and she dies before she knows if her son's alive yeah. or oh, is gonna God. get killed. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I'm serious. I was thinking about that. I'm like, I had a moment I, where I was thinking about that because I live in a part of the city that it's relatively suburban and like I think about how quiet my streets can be sometimes and yeah, that shit could go down. No, what's like, funny? Where, yeah. where something like nobody's home and 
It well, just Mac, happens in broad ahead, daylight Mac. on the front lawn, and nobody comes down the street. Mac. Yeah, I, I, what I liked about this this guy's performance is that it is very muted and it's not mugging for the camera. I feel like the only, the only like, the only characters that Mindy and Chad, I feel like, are the only characters that are really like hamming it up with the camera but they're they're supposed to be the randy standards they're like the randy right but everybody else and and even though i kind of was like well what's Liv doing in this i like that all the everybody else is just kind of being normal people even in the scenes where they're alone this guy could have really there could have been some funny things where he's like talking himself in the mirror or something and he's taking a shower i don't whatever (laughs) none of that you know they just play it straight and i think that adds to the the, the how that it feels real and that there are stakes in this movie and so that when those kills happen like mike said the slow burn into the neck you are like it, it is uncomfortable because you yeah. you the, they feel more grounded than they've felt in a while mike, well, this this kind of ties back into what that's exactly it matt is that is that this we, that kind of ties into what we we're talking about with i know what you did last summer recently you know when i was mentioning like oh look at the car she's driving or look at the you know the places they're at like yeah. this whole movie's even the setting like it while it doesn't actually look like woodsboro that we've seen in the original one because it doesn't it was shot in north carolina so it wasn't really actually in the town yeah seriously it felt real like when you go to dewey's house like it felt like you we were just seeing real people again mm-hmm. And I can't, yeah, like it was a lived in like whole experience, which mm-hmm. you do not get at all in Scream 4. Well, like, that, 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 that looks like it was just like shot in like copy yeah. pasta houses and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> like this looks like a real town, real people and real hanging out. And like the bar looks real. You know what and, like, I was I, remarking as I was watching the scene in the kitchen with Wes, that that kitchen looked like the right kind of cluttered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you guys say too? Is this the most we've seen of Woodsboro? I feel like in any of the movies, like just in terms of locations and going around. I think so because Scream Four like that goes to is, four. Right? Yeah, maybe before. Well, yeah, before four, going to like the four so in the houses. night all the time. Yeah, that, no, that, yeah. There's more broad daylight. I feel like in this one. Well, it was funny too because when Vanderbilt said that about the getting killed in broad daylight, it was funny because during the West scene, I really didn't think. I didn't think he was going to get killed. I definitely didn't think both of them were going to get killed. Yeah, when, he was, when he was on the phone, I was thinking to myself, just go outside, dude. Go outside on the sidewalk. You won't get killed. But obviously that's not the case because then his mom gets murdered right. in front of the house. Well, I will say this. So, as, as moving as that death was, especially with his mother dying at the same time, it did not stop his best friends from having a party six hours later. <laughs> well, they, so, they, at least they explain moment. that, though. But again, they, they, do, yeah, and they try exactly. to say that Wes – again, they try to say – like. This is for Wes, and well, they literally is, have which to for Wes. It doesn't which even matter, them, though, yeah. because think about it. The one that's throwing the party is the killer. So, of mm-hmm. course, they're going to throw it anyways. said in these movies, they always have a party. After everybody gets killed, I'm well, going to yeah, have a Richie party. said that. Yeah. I, it, it, it's fun. And also, like you said, I think, Mike, you just echoed that, though. The, the for Wes, obviously, you, is... is you get that. homage to Wes Craven. And there's also this uh, this identity uh, this idea that if they're all together partying none of them could get killed. Which honestly is true. Like I don't think Ghostface can take on a whole fucking party. Like it's just right, not well, Okay, happen. Rothman. I will I will now posit the question to you. I posit it to Dan Caffrey, but yeah. we will change the scenario. Let's say we're all hanging out. <laughs> it's two o'clock in the afternoon, and and Mac and I are brutally murdered. Okay. We're brutally murdered, and you know that we've been killed. Are you going to go to a, a party six hours later with other friends of yours, like with Dan and Vanderbilt? 
I mean, what, what if you're a teenager? Hey, 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 listen, is, is, is there a veggie tray? <laughs> is there a veggie tray? Exactly. You know, uh, I mean, you break it, you buy it. You work it, you buy it. But to get your mind off of it, maybe. In some scenarios. Yeah, what else yeah. are you supposed to do? I'm not I mean, going to go to a party. I, I, listen, I love Justin, you guys so much. You know, well, Justin, I love you guys so much. I'm not going to go to a party you, after you get your murdered. Your empathy just rings true. Look, listen, maybe because I'm a guy, I'm like a real man and I, who loves people, you know? These are I'm, like, kids, I'm, like a, I'm like a girl dad, all right? Like I, I, girl I, dad. I, maybe I'm just a little elevated. He's like, I treat women like princesses. Uh, man, you're uh, just hitting all the notes. That, I really that am. Didn't, that didn't bother me. They didn't no, and they even they, they, they teased this on kid, it. and they yeah. didn't they didn't seem too close to him anyways. Oh, hold on. No, 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 no. Look, at, <laughs> I'll tell you what I'd do, Justin. All right. I'd get. I'd go to my local bar. I'd ask for the bat, and I'd round up everyone in town, and I'd find that fucking killer. <laughs> evil, <laughs> dies evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. Yeah. All right, listen. Love it. Speaking of dying, or should I say not dying, is Tara Carpenter, played by Jenna Ortega. Huge win. This, this is a young actor who I am not that familiar with. I think she's kind of been in kids' programs when she was younger. I was really kind of blown away by this she performance. She's great. Excellent. So she was in You. Which is I'm a huge fan of. It's a great show okay. on Netflix. Uh, Penn Badgley, fun stuff. She's in the second season, and she's great. I, I mean, we talk a lot about how there are a lot of Kevin Williamson archetypes here. I thought she just absolutely nails the sort of cadence that would have been in line with a lot of the late late '90s stars that kind of created the the, the the foundation of this franchise. I mean, I just think she nails it right from the get go. The Babadook line's a little rough, Hate but it. I, I blame it. that more of the script. I blame that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's not her. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of that. Yeah. There's no, better endings. There's better buried. final line, guys. There's better final lines in earlier stream entries than the Babadook one. I'll say that. I agree. I agree. But well, not even just that. I'm talking about well, when she's talking on the phone earlier on, when she's just like, "I like the Babadook for the elevated horror." Blah blah blah. Like, it was oh no, just, that's, it I like that. No, I like that. I, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. That's I, very it's the final screen. line I didn't like. No, I know. It's the way that she was. It was delivered. Was more like you're reading literally a line from a script. But it. Everything else beyond that, like the way she talks, the rapport with her sister, even just to their friends, like I buy it. Like, and yeah. I don't know, I just really love it. I, her pairing here, I would love to see, you know, Tara and Sam in another movie for sure. Well, Matt, she you leaned the, over to me during the movie and you said, God, she sucks. <laughs> so, that's not true. do you want to expect? <laughs> I know this, this she honestly, the MVP for me. Oh, I, she right. really Same here. Me I had that she surprised notes. me. I was like, wow, I'm glad. I, and we all we all said this already, maybe not on this episode yet, but could not believe she didn't die. Yeah, in the, in the opening nice sequence, I, I was like, "Wow, this that is the first great. time that the person didn't actually die." And then they, you know, when they go back to the hospital and she's her life threatened again, and she didn't die. And I really was, I found, I, I couldn't believe how attached I got to the character over the course of the movie. I was like, "Wow, I'm so glad this person lived." Yeah. I'm, I am swerve, like Mike. like Mike. I'm gl- I'm I'm looking forward to seeing this like this next scream film, which better happen with with like the sister element now, which is really cool. I like the family introduction. This is a family movie. And, but for the we first buried time. the lead with we buried the lead with this actress. She does the, a voice of Brooklyn on Jurassic World. Camp I was going to mention the camp Crustacean. Oh yes, guys. Oh, look, look, when's it? <laughs> when are we doing Jurassic World? Oh God, there is a swerve here though, because at one point they do tease the fact that she could be the, you know, like, well, it could be her as the the killer with it, which honestly, I was thinking about it, would have built upon, that would have actually been the link to Scream 4 because of the way that you would kind of self-harm to make it seem like you were the victim and to actually, you were the killer. 
I think that there is another. I think there's an alternate script where it could work, but then again, you take out a great character. So it's I mean, kind of but like, and then but the opening would have to be totally different, though. Because there's too many scenes be where different. she's by herself acting a yeah. certain way, you know? Yeah. If, if she thought she was being filmed, if there were like cameras in the house and they said yeah. that, then maybe you, I would believe that she was doing and having all those scared reactions to the door and all the, you know what I mean? Like that could have mm-hmm. worked if they were like, well, we have all this footage from inside the house because there are cameras, which makes total sense because there's a lot of, right. you know, yep. so that, that could have worked. That, that would have been an, an, an interesting way to go about it really throw you off right at the yeah. beginning you know that that's a good idea mike but hey, i'm glad they didn't though because I, I did like her <laughs> yeah i don't i'm glad that she's done nine something true. you don't really get a lot in movies i'm not sure if this is a choice of hers or the directing who knows but when she sits in that wheelchair she's got the hurt hand oh it's so good. and she goes to move the wheel and she's like visibly in pain i don't think i've ever seen that in any movie with people who've got broken arms and wrists and just like kind of like wheeling really fast through wheelchair with a wheelchair and, and her hands bleeding through the gauze and even when she just gets on the chair and her leg kind mm-hmm. of moves Oof. off the bed it's not even off the bed yet and it still hurts I'm has like, she been put through the ringer like of a, a, a single entry and or a single character in any single scream film. So not like Sydney throughout all five of them, but do, would you say she's the character who's been put through the ringer the most in a single movie? I feel like. Oh yeah. The, the leg break. Other alone. than Dewey. Other yeah, than Dewey. Cause Dewey, Dewey that's like, a lot Dewey, of like, Scream two is pretty rough for Dewey. Yeah. yeah. But the, difference is, the difference is, you know, Dewey, Dewey gets hurt and then, he, then he's like taken out of the picture for the rest of the movie. Yeah. He's in the true. hospital. She gets hurt, and then she's in the rest and of the she's movie struggling. and gets hurt and, uh, again. And she's a kid, too. And, so, and there's yeah, no recovery great. in the hospital. Yeah, And gets tied up and in the end. Her hospital experience uh, makes uh, Laurie Strode look like a cakewalk. I, oh I was getting definitely, well, I'll yeah. save it, definitely yeah, Laurie yeah. Strode vibes I'm, I'm for with you, Dan. specific with reasons. You, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, specific sequels from Halloween. Okay, well, next character. This is a, f- I'm very curious for how this character's death is going to play on horror Twitter. Mike Vanderbilt. Judy Hicks by Marley Shelton. Oh, that's oh, that's that. I thought we were going somewhere else, but but I'm very excited to talk about. <laughs> she was good. I I I like as somebody who doesn't particularly. I Scream Four is fine. I don't hate it or anything, but she's a cool character. Good to see her back. Uh, yeah. That's one way to kill off a legacy character. You know, kill him off in the next movie. Yep. Classic I kind of forget. I kind I kind of forget that she's a legacy character just because four doesn't four does it, it, my it's my generation four doesn't ring as true well that's the thing i think in the last year when we were really like engaging ourselves in, in social media and doing the pod and people responding to it is that, that this character though is like really beloved in a lot of circles so i'm really curious to see how people are gonna are, are people gonna be upset that she oh, gets yeah. killed i'm sure you know? Uh, but they should. I mean, you have to do that, though. That was something that they, the killers said at the end when they were like, "And Sydney, sorry, but you've got to die. This, it's just, it, it just doesn't make sense <laughs> that you live this long through this movie." And I really appreciate that because we've all been saying that. We almost we said that in our trailer episode. We were like, "I would actually, if she dies, she dies." I mean, like it's it is it is like it's it's going on too long. But I like Judy Hicks, and I I like the character in Four. One of the only like new things in four that I kind of was like on board with. And I, I did like the little attention to detail too, when, when he looks at the note on the fridge or whatever, and it says that there's yeah. London squares in the, well, we'll double the, back to, to Caffrey's point earlier mm-hmm. yeah. about the relationship between Wes and Judy. I'm thinking about even any of the other parent relationships with the kids in the other movies. I, I, I was trying to think of one. Well, Rothman. Okay. Rothman, you got, even with Sydney's dad and you get that one scene in, in scream three where they're kind of reunited. Um, then you've got the Mary McDonald character, who's the mother to the Emma Roberts character in Scream 4. 
there's I, I don't feel anything there. But you get that one kitchen scene that Dan was talking about, and you get more of a relationship with those, right? I, I don't know, man. I think you're dismissing uh, <laughs> Billy's relationship with his I, father. I knew <laughs> like you were going to say that. What's the line again? Right. What's the line? Sheriff, I didn't we don't kill anybody. Yet? And then it cuts to the dad. He's just like, <laughs> yeah, like staring with like the. It looks like a cartoon character. But he's, I, well, he's my got brother this, and I used to always do that. Quote, he's got but. those big eyebrows, and the, the dad looks so pissed off. Like I'm like, well, that's I think he's just something like, "Are we done here?" I was hoping like that. that he they'd bring him back, and because they bring him back in Scream Three and like footage from when you know when uh you know the the idiot brother is like coming and showing all the footage that he's filmed, and uh they they actually shot him like walking in a motel. They're like, hey, um, I don't know his name. Let's just say his name is Bruce. Bruce, we got to bring you down to set. We're going to be doing some shots of you uh, sleeping with uh you know um you know Maureen Prescott. Maureen Prescott. What, what if he he shows he shows up in the mirror in the next movie? He, he's like he's like I oh, hello hello granddaughter. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling Somehow you, Palpatine has shit. returned. Oh my god! But, just but the joke is though is that he shows up in the mirror, but the character is still alive. He's still so alive. It doesn't yeah. make any sense at all. At this point, uh, maybe it's like she, one of those Peloton mirrors or whatever. And she just, just looks like, behind you know. her. She's like, he's like, oh, hey, how's it going? He's just right there. Okay, well, <laughs> let's move on. We gotta move on to the next. Character. This character for me is the MVP of the movie, and this to me is who people. Another uh, generation, I guess. People love Kirby. Oh, uh, you're stepping on me. And Scream 4. Okay, well, Vanderbilt, do you want to say in unison? Who I, well, I did not know this was going to be All I answer. wanted to say was that I think, uh, and I'll let you take over from here. I'm just oh. glad that finally, finally, after 25 years of Scream movies, we finally have a like gangbuster successor to Randy Meeks. 100% agree. Jasmine Savoy Brown, listen to this alliteration. Mindy Meeks Martin. The rhetoric sounds pretty great. I thought she was great in this, and this actress had a too. fucking unbelievable year because Yellow Jack is just a sensation over the last couple great. months. Ah, and I now need this to see that show, man. Everyone keeps talking about it. I need, to, yeah. Everybody tells me it seems great. like something I would love, but I just don't watch a lot of TV. No, it's no, it's funny for real. I was legit getting that and Yellowstone confused, and I'm like, <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, Yellowstone can't be that good. Like, come on, I'm sure it's fine. But I really was for a while. And yeah. Anyway. Well, Ke- but, Kevin Costner shows up in episode three of Yellow Jackets. So. Well, <laughs> he's well, like, take Kevin my Kevin Costner was actually offered the Mindy Meeks Martin role. <laughs> oh, my God. And, and, God. and then they, and then he, around, said he, could, he said he couldn't do it. And they said, OK, we're going to split this up into two roles. He's uh, like, hey, this is my twin twins. brother, Chad. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I really like Mindy a lot. I think that I, I love my favorite parts are when she's doing her sort of survival test. I think it's a great bit. Yeah. I, I'm not. I like the idea of her talking to the TV is, is a Randy thing. I think it's a little too cute. Yeah. Agreed. You know, it's a little too cute. It gets a little too far. I, I kind of wish they did a little bit more with her. Like, I wish we had what we see with her at the end, like in the, you know, when they're talking about in the, in the room, I just wanted one more scene with her mm-hmm. yeah. having some well, sort of agency. Like I just felt I, it was I a little feel... too. I think that she comes in there. It's like the horror slasher equivalent of Alec Baldwin coming in for that one scene in Glengarry Glen Ross though. Like every time oh, she's he, there the for like two or three scenes. Oh God. Yeah. No, I, I Give mean, me a second. <laughs> well, uh, to what Mike was, to what Mike was saying though, I think that a big problem and I probably like a problem with the script is that these characters don't talk enough about requels outside of that one scene. Exactly. Yeah, I think every time she's well, on there, though, she's talking about the rules and stuff like that. Sort though, of, but like, you know? it, it, it's it need she needs to echo Randy more. I just more. I I, I feel like it, well, that's where it missteps for me. I, I I hear you, 
I do, but I do feel like this is again to me. This movie is like a transitional movie still because we still are beholden to the old cast, and we can't really let these characters flourish. I think if there's if and when there is another movie, finally, you because you because both Meeks survive, mm-hmm. and then you and you have the two sisters, and so finally you get like we're gonna get like a full on its own thing where those characters can be those people and we're not leaning on Dewey. Max, sorry, let me cut you off. leaning on Gail. Max, you're saying, so, is it the end I couldn't tell? Is that who she was waving to in the ambulance? Was yeah. It, oh, yeah, he's, he's, yeah. he's still alive. I, I yeah. couldn't tell who was. I thought he was dead. Yeah. No, okay. no, no, he's no, like the Dewey. no, no. It's the Dewey. It's the, yeah, t- yeah it's you're like the, new the Dewey thing. You're the, you're the, the, uh, you're the Newey. Yeah, and, which I kind of laughed at because I was like, of course, there's the character you thought was dead is actually alive and I kind of appreciated that too. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if anybody else. I don't know. I, I thought that every time she yeah, was yeah. on there, it, whether it's the basement scene or just the, basement the scene, scene of her laying yeah. out the the rules. The, that I, I scene she is was awesome. So good. Again, yeah. I just I just wanted one more where we're just kind of seeing her outside of this a little bit. Like, what's well, like? What, it's like in the first screen when we get Randy at the video store, right? Exactly. Like kind of, yeah. yeah. I, I wanted one of those scenes. That's exactly. Well, hopefully, it. Mike. If this continues on, hopefully they she's she's a part of it. And yeah. hopefully that gives her much more yeah. of a, a role if you if you really start really 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 you know, start to focus was, on the kids. Right? It was it was hot when she mentioned she was going to grow up that other chick. I was there yeah, for that. Th- there's a true blue. That could be the first besides Sydney's security guards. Is this the real first instance <laughs> of a queer relationship or of a queer character? Because it's certainly the, the kind of relationship one, that I enjoy. There you go. Well, the get fourth out, one. The get kid, out of here. Go home. Yeah. The fourth one. <laughs> The kid says I'm gay, but is he really gay or is he just trying not to be killed anyway? So there you go. Yeah, we're debating that. Yeah, I, yeah. Th- I think he is, but I don't know. I, I thought he was. In the, in we'll the never know because he got killed. Yeah, that's true. Well, we'll never know because they, you know, they only wrote, wrote like what one page for each character. He can come back now, though. That's the thing. That's the, that that's, is true. Yeah. yeah. So. In the Frighteners verse. <laughs> L- look, love <laughs> Jazz Savoy Brown. <laughs> Wishing her all the best. This next character is kind of the, uh, for me, it's a 180 in terms of interest. And that is Sonia Ben-Amar as Liv McKenzie, not Liv McKenzie Gerber. Weakest team Liv character. Weak, yeah. I yeah weakest. Not a lot going on there. Do. I don't blame her. But. Questions. Julia Fox Jr. Is she, is yeah, she yeah, uh, supposed to be dressed like Liv Tyler in Empire Records? Is she supposed to be like, like have a 90s vibe to her? I kind of what I was that. getting. I, I don't know. I didn't pick up on much at all with this character. She was pretty good in near the climax. I thought. I think <sighs> this character and Kyle Gallner. I think there's deleted scenes. I agree. Yeah. I think I what is she doing with Gallner? I just don't know what you're doing with Gallner. I think because that's it, it just seems so because he's not around. I, know, long I think enough. when because they don't even think about this. She's like, I'm not going to go with you guys, and everybody leaves. But and you think there's going to be the moment where she talks to to Gallner. That doesn't happen. Like, mm-hmm. well, I think that's like moment. the twist that you think that guy's going to be around, but he gets killed off immediately. Or you think that they're the two killers, but then they kill him. I, I don't know. I think that there's more with that character. The fact I, that we've already sense. gone back eight to talk about somebody we talked about eight characters ago already says a lot about this character. Like there's, there's not a lot to say. I don't know. Well, there isn't, but I, that's what I mean. I think there's a lot of, I agree, I Mac. I think there's more left I think there's out. at least one scene with the two of them. <laughs> Like maybe like uh, in the bathroom, like, hey, what's your problem? You yeah, were cool no, last seriously, summer. no, yeah. honestly though, like he, he stops her. Do you have some things? And you're like, all right, well, there's you know, there's something there. Like, I told you to leave, and then he there's a lot of telling and not a lot of showing with their kind yeah. of their relationship. So, well, she gets. I will say though, 
What a brutal way to go. That that gunshot to the head was pretty yeah. that's good. That's probably that was the good. easiest death that everyone though. Yeah, yeah. Well, easy, you know, not you know, pretty effective uh, shot to the head. I'll say. I I, I thought. Oh, I, no, it's effective. I, but yeah. if I'm if I'm having that or Dylan Minnette's death, I'm gonna go with Liv's death instead. You know. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> You think, yeah, you think the shot to the head's better than getting stabbed a thousand times? Yes, I think yeah, so. I would take a shot to the head. <laughs> slightly, say, slightly. Gotta yeah. say, just a little bit, yeah. I will say this. this Is this redemption song time for Heather Moderazzo as I was gonna Martha say, I, had, uh, I literally great. said, like Cobra Kai, it refuses to blow the couch any of its punches. Man, I'm like, going to have to watch this saved, fucking Cobra Kai. It totally oh, salvages man. such it's, a dumb cameo. It took me a while on Cobra Kai, but I'm in it. It's awesome. You'll love it, Dan. But doesn't that remind you of If you're not familiar with the the movies, Dan, it could be a. You might. I'm not sure how you'd feel about the show. So that's all the story. That's all the podcast. I only bring up that comp because what what that show does so well is it takes these like little post-it note moments in the franchise and makes a fucking story out of them or uses it to its advantage to leverage that for other story beats, and that's what they do. With Heather Matarazzo here. I mean, did you ever think watching Scream 3, like, oh, you know, one day we're going to see her kids and they're going to be the next Randy? I mean, like, it's fucking crazy. I like, know. It, she's in it. It's not like that she's just alluded to her. There's no. a picture on the shelf. It's like, no, she it, is here. These are yeah. her kids. Don't forget, this is the same character we saw but it, 20 it back, years ago. It goes back to that thing like I was saying before. I know it sounds so silly and it shouldn't be a virtue because it shouldn't be that rare, but... I loved seeing her, in it. and once again, I love. I lo- and the only reason Continuity. we can do that is because it's a single timeline where it like actually does mm-hmm. pay attention to the things that matter in the other films, even the worst film of the franchise. You know, so and and like you said, redemption song completely. Maybe I'm, I shouldn't be using that exact expression because redemption song is about a far greater situation. That is true. That's true. But um, her victory a, a, lap. a redeeming her victory arc, lap. yes, a victory <laughs> lap, yeah. a return, a return <laughs> to grace for for Martha Meeks. There, you know, it's amazing. We've made some comps to earlier movies with certain characters, but we've been able to talk about most of these characters without feeling compelled to immediately talk about the core trio. Yeah, true. And that's a testament to the new characters, I think, for the yeah. a lot, the, the allotment of, of screen time they get. But let's talk about the, the main trio, who are credited as such. They are credited like at the end of the credits, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah, was it like uh, end Nev Campbell at the end? Right? It was a like Gale. It was it was Gale Weathers. It was Courtney <laughs> Cox, David Arquette, and and Nev Campbell. I think it was maybe even like with Nev Campbell or something like that. But uh, I like that. She was like the last person to be confirmed for this. Too, yeah, which was, is yeah. crazy. Yeah. Well, th- we can talk a little bit about this too. Is the fact that they were all very hesitant to come back without Wes Craven involved mm-hmm. because they'd done it without Kevin Williamson. You know, they had done it even with Scream Four for them. A lot of that is not Kevin Williamson. A lot of that is. Our boy. Uh, oh, God. Our boy. The other Kruger. The, actually, the Kruger, Aaron I fear Kruger. more. Yeah. Arlington Road Zone. But <laughs> Nev Campbell said that she was very hesitant, like you said, Mike, but she received a letter from the Radio Silence Gang. And they said that, you know, they got started and, and Radio or Not was really inspired by, you know, just West, watching Wes Craven movies and slash movies and horror movies from the era that they really wanted to do good by him. And so. You know, one by one, they started to come back. And Courtney Cox even said, and you can kind of even tell. It's hard to, it's hard to fake the emotion. You can kind of tell there's a weight, in a positive way, I think, to the character, to the the original core trio. And and there's a little bit of a tinge of sadness when they're kind of all seeing each other again, knowing that Wes Craven's not you know behind the camera. Maybe I maybe I'm picking up on something that's not there. But no, I, felt I think that there was definitely a familiar, a positive familiarity there. I think you're right, and there. There's something to be said for just like the age and the world weariness of the characters and the actors and everything. Yeah. But 
once again, I know we keep it and I'm, you know, I say this as the, as the defender of the new Halloween series, but you know, we talk about the Halloween series and how it examines trauma and whatever else, as far as I know, maybe I'm wrong. I don't think scream the scream series has mentioned the word trauma in any of its marketing materials. Maybe it has, I don't know, but I actually do once again, because we've seen these characters in the same timeline over five movies, I actually do feel like we get, we get to see the effects that, that these events have really had on these characters. Oh, I mean, they're 100%. like, like, and, and they embody it so well. And who knows, maybe it's because Courtney Cox and David Arquette were married in real life, but like, you really felt that you're like, oh no, these events have like, it's weird because they introduced them and got them married, but then it also tore apart their lives. Like I got the idea. I, I got the idea that Sydney was supposed to be like, like, yeah, she's a soldier. She's a warrior or whatever, but you, you see the effects of it on them too. And at the same time, they were all still really good at doing the one-liners and doing like, the, all right, let's do this. I, I, it was such mm-hmm. like a, a great marriage of that. And I, I don't know if it was the performances, the writing or whatever, but like, and they were in it just the right amount. I loved it, man. Maybe it's me and maybe it's me being sentimental or at this point ha- having this strange attachment to these characters. But like when Dewey called Sydney and at the end when she's like, well, it's a good thing they have you to protect them. Like I like teared up yeah. <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> because I just feel like you have this. It's just like these these characters that do, do not deserve to be in this situation being pulled back into it again. Yeah. And it kind yeah. of felt like that about the actors as well. Yeah. Under the sad circumstances that Wes is no longer there. And maybe that's us projecting, but I think I thought they wielded it pretty well. Yeah, no, I I, I echo those thoughts. And the and there's just little lines in that that conversation that just felt so real. Like I feel like I was watching like like it's <laughs> gonna sound such a stupid comp, but it felt like like almost like Michael Mann dialogue in a sense. With, no, like, the did, way they yeah, talk. I agree, man. Like the way when she's when especially when he says, you know, he's like, oh, I'm all right, and he's like, well, I know you're not. You know, like I know that's not. You know, I know that's a facade. You know, like basically calls him out on that facade, and I love that. Like that 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 shared history and that knowledge of knowing, you know, his cover ups and his ways of kind of pivoting away from what he's actually feeling. There's a there's a inherent depth or inherent knowledge of that character bet- or between the two characters and that shared history that was there without being so obvious about it and those little cues like that that just really hit hard for me. You know, what I got from the Arquette performance is that if I kept thinking to myself, oh, this is the old man Dewey storyline, yeah, mm-hmm. like old yeah, man yes. Logan, yeah. you know, it's the uh, yeah. it's the tragic gunslinger, right, right down to yeah, open up the. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Mike, cowboy. to your point about the Michael Mann dialogue, one thing I love about Michael Mann movies is that it's always about relationships, usually more between men, but between people that work with each other and people yes. who are friends. And I think sometimes, as someone who's not necessarily romantic, I find that to carry more weight than a romantic relationship, particularly in film. And I think that's why the line at the end, when Gail uh, lights, uh, or you know, I don't, I can't, before he shoots her, lights her on fire. Uh, Amber, you kill my best friend, you kill my best yeah. friend, like that, yeah, not my ex husband, not my lover, not my, you know, yeah. Yeah. that, 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 that hits you, yeah, man. It, and I still like that we still, even with Dewey going kind of old and grizzled and dark, we still, I mean, that like texting moment with the smiley face was like so, so funny, like, so, so he's still kind of a dope, it's still funny, even though he's in yeah. a bad place, it's still Dewey, you know, what I, I mean, it doesn't feel so detached. I'm gonna throw a hot take out here. I think this is the best icon death that we've had in the series, even over Randy. Oh, I, I, I think I so too. I would, I would I think, agree. But Mike, totally. think, and think about Mike. 
I agree with you 100%. And the fact that it's, as opposed to just being a year later, it being 25 years later yep. and multiple movies only adds to the weight. And the great sequence too, man. The, the I mean, the, the oh, hospital absolutely. corridor and the wheel. There was so it much It looks great. The set design in there with the just the, the slight lights under I'm not oh, sure if that's what real yeah. hospitals look like. It's the like. best sequence of the movie. Yeah. But it, it just you know looks cool. It, it's, it, I, my, my hot take would be that this is – and, and I, I've loved Dewey throughout the movies – Maybe it's that little added weight of the years have gone by, and it's no, a little bit of a change to the character. But I think this is the best Dewey in the in the I, series. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, mean, I, think, I think honestly, it's because of the retired cowboy narrative. Yeah, and like he the finally idea gets that he's a go- chance to grow and change. He's kind of the same guy through all of them. And well, I think it's even killing off oh, in two, or I was gonna say killing off in two, like that was sadder. Like this wasn't mm. sad so much as it was like putting a button on his story finally. Well, I this kind of goes sad, back though. to, though, where like, Mac... I get sad, yeah. I, I mentioned earlier when I said that the fact that, you know, you, you've seen him in this relationship for, like, a quarter of a century at this point with Gail, and, and they leave on such bad terms. Yeah. And then he's killed. That's and there's no closure. Part. And that's, looking back on the movie, like, that's kind of brutal on the filmmaker's part. Because, you know, we all thought, like I said, that Dewey was going to die, but I don't think anybody thought... That there wouldn't be some type of a pathos or some type of a of a nice parting of the ways, you know. It again, something you don't get in this movie is Sydney does not get to see him again. Mm-mm. You're it's, right. It's 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 the it's the uh, you know the Force Awakens. You know, it's like not everybody got to be back all three of them together, kind of thing. But I think it works. It's real. What happens? You know, well, I mean, it's, it's not they're not all living. Not everybody in the same gets to say still. goodbye. But, but to that point. If you look back at all the other movies, it's always Dewey that sees Sydney first. Hmm. And oh, he's, yeah. he, he's like a big brother, pretty much. Yeah. He's the one that's calling her, and he does that Sid, thing where we yeah. made fun of her. He, he like he said, "Gotta go," and then he turns around and says hi. In two, they sees her on the on the on the, the college campus, yeah. and I believe in four, it's the, the the two of them have a meet up in the the station. So, and, and think about this, Mike. This is the one where he, he doesn't want to see her at all. He tells her stay away. Yeah, he doesn't even yeah. want to see her. Yeah, yeah. he's grown. As a character, he knows to not even bring her back. I mean, I think just from an acting standpoint, too, David Arquette, I think he just has more chops than he did. Not, not, not that he's not great in the first movie, but like I think of like Bone Tomahawk and some of the other stuff he's done since then. I mean, he's 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 yeah. branched out a little bit from being like the poster boy for yeah. dopey comedy, you know, like he was back well, he's in the lived 90s. A, a real, In real life, he's like lived a, a life. Up, yeah, because well, he's, he's, he's a wrestler. Sure did he, did he it, do right? pro wrestling? He did. Oh, yeah. 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 And, and he had a lot on your body. He had some alcoholism issues, I think, in real life too, which I'm sure he was drawing from from the character. There's a lot of the real life and, context yeah. here. Yeah. yeah, you know, like think about the relationship with Courtney Cox. I mean, like that that yeah, alone great, has to man. factor in it somehow. I mean, that really adds to the dynamic of so much too. But also, so. that line that today is that day just is such a good like that's a line I'm going to remember for like years from now. Just like not today, and then for him to be like. It's the it, it honestly, Michael Mann's a perfect comp on this in the sense because he goes, he escapes, he could go, and he goes, no, I got to go back, just like De Niro at the end in, in, in Heat, and it's that <laughs> what ultimately fates him. Like seriously, well, that that I is don't, a terrible I love it. fucking. I love it. There okay. was there was a deleted scene where you know because Sydney says she she has that <laughs> tracker. She actually goes to see Tom Noonan's character from Heat <laughs> at that trailer and go, and he's like, and she's like, how do you, how are you able to track these cars? And he goes, oh, these things are just, they're just out there like, 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 like wind. Um, if you haven't seen Heat, folks, you got to check it out. Tom Noonan's just but a little part, but what a wonderful film. Oh, something I need to point out. And I think I was the only person who liked this character in Scream 3. I was happy to hear that she married Mark. <laughs> Did you catch that? 
Wait, is that is and, that Patrick uh, Dempsey's yes. character? He, oh. he, yes, Mark is 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 Patrick Dempsey's character. Uh, Dempsey's character. I did not catch that. Wow, that, that is yeah. great. Good that's catch. pretty cool. I wondered about that. I was like, uh, she got mixed. She scored a, McDreamy. Yeah, which kind of adds. You know, it's funny. It kind of goes back because I think that ending of Stream Three is so fucking great with the door open and everything. Oh, else. I agree. Yeah, and yeah. then they come back yeah. for four, and you're like, oh, she's still in danger. But at the end of the day, even in this movie, despite everything that's gone on again, she is still going to go home. And I'm fine with that. And, and lead yeah. her life. She, this is this is the she thing with I was, As long as was she thinking. doesn't come back come for back. the next one. I think we're, hopefully we're Please. good to go. But even, here's yeah. the thing. She's a Marvel hero. So she's got the Marvel hero swagger, and I buy it. Because, like, I never thought, I never, I just never thought she was going to die. And, and I'm okay with that because... And the kid, I think them acknowledging the fact that she has kids pretty much cements that fact. Like, they were not going to fucking kill her mom, like, this mom, like, after she just mentioned that she has yeah. kids. It's just not going to happen. This movie is going to subvert some things. It's not going to do that. And I'm glad. Because, like you said, Justin, her ending is three. That, that opening mm-hmm. of the door, that's the ending. She's done. Yeah. Like, that, her narrative is done. If she's going to be in these movies, she's connective tissue. You're not going to fucking kill her. And it's just what the sentiment was at the end of four. It's like, you don't fuck with the original ones. And especially her. Especially this arc. Killing Sydney at this point makes no fucking sense in, in terms of the overall arch of this series anymore. It just doesn't. Like, I know. Well, you, you want to talk about how yeah. Dewey felt like an old cowboy. She felt like an, like an old gunslinger. Yes. She was just, she <laughs> yeah. was the one in this one that was very assertive. She never seemed nervous at all she always seemed one step ahead which is kind of i have to say it a little meta mm-hmm. it was especially at the very end when the girl comes running out of the house <laughs> and her and gail go what do you think you think this is real or bullshit and they're like eh, bullshit like because they, they acknowledge that they've also been through it all like what else can they possibly go through that that they haven't been through already and i just feel like this is really yeah. the ultimate folks if you're going to keep these movies going we have a pretty damn good youth ensemble that we can build upon we don't need to rely on that core trio or it's a core duo now. So Mac, yeah. Any final words yeah, on, these, I, on the trio? No, I, I, I really love, you know, she almost kills Quaid by shooting through the door. I mean, she, she knows all the tropes and all the tricks, mm-hmm. you know, and yep. I really, I really like that stuff. But I think going forward, I think you're, you're all right. I think three is her ending. I think that she will not come back and that's fine. Cause there's that moment where, where, when the sisters hug each other downstairs in the hall and just out of, out of focus, you see Sydney and Gail standing there yep. looking at them and it's looking at, it's exact. That's like, that was them in yeah. scream one. Mm-hmm. And I really liked, and they, they joke about the passing of the torch with Amber, but I liked, I just like kind of seeing that actually happen in front of them. And it added this emotional weight there weirdly for me. And then, I think that she's gone. I think that if there's any character that they bring back, it's going to be like, I think Gail Weathers is like the Spock of the franchise. Oh, it's going to be God. like, let's call Gail for some advice. And like, that's how she might enter in, but doesn't actually come back into the next movie. You know? Yeah. It'd like, be great for the caller. And are you coming over? Oh no. Hell no. And then she that would be funny the, as hell. Yeah, she hangs exactly. up the phone. Look, I, I would rather see Tom Newman show up. As somebody just uh, <laughs> you know? aid, like uh, we've got these trackers, you know this um, this stuff wonderful. just out there, you know you just Speaking have, there, you just have like to grab it. I, I, I'm gonna say, grab it. I, I thought Courtney Cox is not great. I I, I don't I, I think that there's some moments in there that she gets, but 
I thought she delivered some of the roughest lines. I thought that ending line with that she has the like it's just kind of rough. Like she, I, I didn't buy I didn't buy her storyline like her rebound success. Like I'm not to be an ageist or anything. I just don't buy the fact that like someone's gonna be in, like and my aunt's a reporter. Like if she went if she went to like a small town in this small town, you're not gonna get a Good Morning America gig twenty something years later. It's just not gonna happen. Like I, it just it felt too convenient for her to be like, oh, I'm gonna go off and be this like Good Morning America host. Like I, I just didn't buy it. Like it it, it felt too. I don't know. It just felt too larger than life for me. Like mm. maybe, maybe somewhere else, maybe like in a bigger city nearby or something. It just felt so like, oh, so now she's in the non- national consciousness. Like I don't even think that she was that big of a part of four for that to matter. I, I don't know. It just for me that that part didn't work. And then also, I just felt like they didn't give her. Maybe they just didn't give her enough. I, I just felt like it was kind of like she did feel like a cameo for me. I think for, she was kind of phoning it in on a lot of it, but I'll tell you the "you killed my best friend" line works for that. Yeah, I like that. Brings that it home for me. I, yeah, I liked her. Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. just in terms of the realism. It's hard. I'm just a little more forgiving, like of it overall. It's just for me, for the way I look at these movies personally, is it's like Wes Craven is dressed up as Freddy Krueger as a janitor. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, like, if this was in a Halloween movie, I'd be like, I don't know about this. But I mean, I, I'm just a little more forgiving. Jay, with like Jay the, and Silent the, Bob showed up at one point. You know? yeah, that is true. You know? This is these are all true things. I, I just <laughs> yeah. think when you're talking I hear where about you're coming from Mike, though. I do. But when you're talking about the 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 way that they present trauma in this movie, mm. I think they do it so delicately, delicately and nicely with with Sid. Whereas like it's so blunt when she's just like comes in and goes, "This isn't a story I'm going to tell. I'm going to talk about a cowboy." I'm like, "Oh my god, just stop!" Like, oh, like that last so that lame. last like, bit. It just was like yeah. so on the nose. I liked that because I liked it showed growth in Gail's character. True, but it because was delivered. She's, it wasn't even about that like cowboy line. It was or from a small town. It was when she goes, "I'm going to let these people die in anonymity." Anonymity. Anonymity. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't mind that, but it's also but it's so ham fisted in a way that you, you didn't need to do that. Like, why don't you just have it where she's not going to go on and like they maybe hand her the, the the you know the microphone. She says no, hey. and then you walks away or something like that. Uh-huh. Like that's so much better to me. Like I was also I kind of wondering how they're going to let them die in anonymity. Like there's no way that's they're not. getting they're out. They're like, a reporter, yeah, literally yeah. reporting outside. So what does that mean? Like, what's the visual cue well, here? Gail's like, not going to be the one who yeah, makes that, them yeah. popular. Yeah, if it's just, I don't know. It's just, I guess there won't be, like, there won't be a first-hand report. It's destroyed her life at this point. There won't be well, a first-hand report. The thing it's is, like Luke giving up the Force in Ryan Johnson's <laughs> The Last Jedi. Well, <laughs> that's a great plot point. Great Star Wars movie. Uh, <laughs> the whole point. thing with Gail, <laughs> the only reason that Woodsboro is put on the map is because Gail's book, right? You know what I mean? So I mean, it's they, like they she's not going to do that for them. And and yeah. that's fine. And I agree with you, Mike. I think that it was it was a bit on the nose, or maybe it was over the top. But I, I feel like that character has always been that. So I didn't I didn't mind as yeah. much. But I do agree, performance wise, I don't. Maybe it wasn't the strongest, but of all the things in the movie, I I think I was I gave it a little bit of a pass because I was like, man, you, you really nailed Dewey. You nailed you, you nailed so much stuff in the again the fourth sequel. This is the fifth movie oh, in the franchise. This is we're nitpicking. Yeah, we're nitpicking. Yeah. But that's what we before do we, on, before on this we move podcast, on to this category. So okay. I think for me, if 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 she was the third lead, it would have been a lot more noticeable. But it's like I said. It, that that youth ensemble that we spend so much more time with because they do such a good job and, and like that's the real crux of the story. I, I think I'm a little more forgiving of it. I, of I, I still run it back with that. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to write a different book. Like you know, just, yeah. <laughs> like, let's do another take on this. You know, so like, Mike, you're saying that is the line that's like Crystal Skull when when Indy says, yes. "I never should have doubted oh. you, my friend." <laughs> Yes. Is that the comp? A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Power the worst line wisdom. reads of all time. Sure. Worst power was wisdom. But wisdom a, was their power. A great line. <laughs> a great. A great line read in Scream that I forgot to mention 
on the Quaid part was, oh, no, it's Ghostface. When, he, uh, when, that's when a they great, find that's him good. in the closet. Yeah. Okay, we've got to move on to our next category. For God's sakes, we've got to move on. And, and I think it's, it's, I've got some great news. Because it's great graphics. <laughs> what do you know? To beat my score. <laughs> Mike Rothman on our Get Zoom call here. is presenting the Call of the Crystal score <laughs> by John Williams from Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Listen. I think that's on his greatest hits. We, yeah, we, we, we bemoan the fact that in earlier entries there are, there's such like a, a lack of, of blood or really use of special effects because everything is so cut away. I, I mean, we talked about the violence in this movie and the, uh, the insertion of that knife in a lot of scenes is extremely effective. And we have to thank a couple people, notably Rick Poor. Let's pour one out for Rick. Actually, he's alive, so I think you should do that when somebody's dead. We're out of Let's pour one out for all the people blood. that he killed in the movie. How about that? Dan Caffrey will be thrilled to know he worked in the film Halloween Kills. I loved it. Yeah, loved it. What can I say? He worked yeah. on uh, he's the up the upcoming Black Phone based on a Joe Hill. Oh, we're excited for that one. And 10, notably, this is not the first time he's worked with Skeet Ulrich because he also worked with Skeet Ulrich on a movie that I saw in theaters in the late nineties. Full Fusion. No. Oh wait, Rothman's got it. I'll go for it. Oh, <laughs> Mac, I think you're close. Cold. Close. Chill factor. Chill factor. Chill factor. Wait, and I saw told that in theaters. I, I, sorry, I, had lemon, I had a lemon square in my mouth. <laughs> Isn't Skeet Ulrich in that movie? Yes. And Keep, and, hey, and the father of one of the cast members in this movie. That's what I was saying. It's not the first time he's ever seen Skeet Ulrich. The thing, I, I remember they played that trailer incessantly, and I never I never saw mm-hmm. the movie. But I think like, <laughs> Skeet Ulrich's like, robbing the ice cream truck, and Cuba Gun Jr.'s like, no way, I'm not doing this, not doing this. And then Skeet Ulrich pulls out a gun, and he goes, how far do you got to go? And it's, it's yeah. such a, Caffrey, so, I assure you, the movie's awful. <laughs> I, I, I would imagine um, so. Yeah. But the second person, Jeff Goodwin, who, who's worked on Blue Velvet and Last of the Mohicans. <laughs> Pretty good uh, Michael Michael Mann. Mann. Yeah, Michael resume Mann. here. Yeah. So, so anybody else? We talked about a little bit more. You want to expound upon the, uh, the special effects in this? And, and I have a scenes. newspaper headline. Oh, please. They put the slasher back in the slasher genre. Hmm. And I would say in a way that we haven't seen since the early 80s, I felt like a lot of the effects here reminded me of like the Savini era mm-hmm. of Friday the 13th. Just the way mm-hmm. that things are poking out. You see the, you see that, the in, stabs. that inventiveness where it was like, yes. we, could, we, we, could they, do it, we could do it this way, but what could we do to take it one mm-hmm. step further? Well, no, what they mm-hmm. did is they, I don't think they do this in any of the other screen movies. They lingered on the deaths and they showed yes. Ghostface going like five times, which, you know, if it's Rob Zombie's Halloween, I don't want that so much, but like, yeah. like, and just you just see this kind of frenzied behavior. And it's funny. And too a lot that, of time when that's going on, I know this in a couple scenes, at least the music disappears. Yeah, yeah, and so you're just hearing them punching in and in and in and like exasperating. It's, it's funny that it's the guy who worked on Last of the Mohicans because there's actually some really good stabbing in there is. Last of the Mohicans yeah. too. Some good heart skinning rip up. Well, yeah, we were saying with earlier adjustments was like Wes Craven would have pulled away, whereas you know obviously we're we're lingering more on these things, and as in we're in in the original movie. The aftermath is what you see, and you're like, wow, that like like the gutted Drew Barrymore, Casey Becker. And there's all that kind of stuff. But this, you see, I mean, they, I mean, Amber guts Dewey, essentially, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like, like from groin to stir, you know, that, that sequence brutal. Uh, and 
yeah, there wasn't anything that I didn't buy. I thought that this, all the stabbing was good. And or I, I actually really appreciate that opening scene when you think that the, the younger sister's getting killed instead of a stab motion. It is a, it is a slash for a slasher, right? When it goes yep. to when it cuts the scream, I really appreciate that. I think the one more thing is um, the fact that, and we will find out more now, now that the spoilers are going to start to come out more behind the scenes stuff. But I'm pretty sure that a lot of that stuff was actually done by CGI. Really? But just done well. Because they made a point to mention that in, in, in Scream 4, Wes Craven said that was the first time they used CGI knives. Yeah. And you're able to do that, though, because you can really show something going into somebody's stomach. You couldn't really do that with yeah. even a pull-away knife. But you're able to do it with a fake. You don't have to set up the shot. If you set up the shot, you fuck it up. That's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. really screwed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so takes, I'm looking forward to seeing know, how, uh, how much clothes, was yeah. practical and how much was Yeah, because I, I don't think there was like CGI blood or anything. Maybe there was. I don't know. But I, if I it was, it's a lot it. better than when you see it. At, it like, used to be. Even a show that I like, like Justified, which, you know, they're working on a smaller budget. When they yeah. get CGI blood from like the squibs, it's never the same. The FX yeah. blood. Yeah, I agree. I mean, but to set up the shot to, I mean, I, I was on the Creep Show set a couple of years ago. And I remember they were like, all right, well, we're going to do this shot where like a head gets cut off or explode. It took like four hours to set up a shot. And that's just a small little shot for a TV show that has yeah. a low budget. And that was four hours. And I can't yeah. even imagine what it would take to do like the Dylan Minnette thing if they were doing it like all physical and stuff. It just would take forever. Well, let's talk about some of those deaths, shall we? In a category we call Movies Make Psychos More Creative. Stop it, Billy, would you, all right? take anymore all right so this movie i feel like in movies past that we've covered in this series maybe just me but we kind of struggle to come up with like the most memorable death i think the issue here is that there are quite a few yeah great you know there's actually it's, it's challenging in a good way to come up with the best ones um Vanderbilt, do you want to lead off? What do you think is the I've, most effective I've got the best a t- kill I, in this movie i've got a tie and it's okay it's uh dewey because so much invested in that character, and it works. And I do like that they. I don't think the character, the Ghostface character, ever says it's an honor to Sydney in the movie. No, it's 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 a preview edit. It's actually to Dewey in the it's movie. It's to Dewey, and you know, knowing who the killers are and why and everything, that's pretty awesome. And just it's kind of a you know gallows humor that you're like, oh, he might still be alive, and then they make sure that no, this character is actually one hundred percent dead and then the ending with the the final girl giving it to uh the quaid kid Mm, if only because (laughs) billy loomis giving that little smile it reminds me of chubbs in in, uh, happy gilmore go for it from heaven go for it kid (laughs) the alligator and uh (laughs) i'm kind of picturing a photoshop what are you waving at happy i'm picturing a photoshop of like skeet ulrich like looking down over at the house at the end of the movie like he's like in the clouds like, That's what I'm saying. Like, it's like it, the oh yes, yeah, right, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm picturing the Photoshop in my head so that I'm, I actually might make this, but I get, I can't post it. I can't post it for six or seven months when everybody finally say, sees fucking wait till the VOD Scream Five. Release. Wait, well, I would say wait till it's on VOD. <laughs> no. um, uh, all right, what about you, Mac? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I that that's a good one. That last one, but I I, I got to go with Dewey. Mm. I think the, the stakes are there, but I also just think that that's these, that's like Mike said this before that that's one of my favorite scenes. That's just, that is, is that the whole hospital sequence is really, really tight. And the way he goes out is brutal. 
I I really wanted <laughs> really wanted him to just unmask Ghostface like right oh, like, like bam 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 unmask. At least and he then, should have known who it was. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Then that would yeah. have been interesting. Well, or there's like always the audience knows. At that point, the audience knows that one of them. So then every time we saw them, we were like, oh, fuck. Like, they, we know, but yeah. no one else knows. Mike Rothman. Dewey knew. What do you got? I had Dewey also, but I, I got to give it to some credit to the Dylan Minnette thing. I mean, that mm. literally, like, in terms, when I think of, like, Kill That Scared Me, that that whole sequence just, like, just got so under my skin. And, like, my heart was, like, pumping during that. And I just couldn't believe mm. They did the whole Michael Myers thing of like Ghostface just like literally staying there and just staring at him and while he was stabbing it just was fucking brutal. But and not I mean, cutting the, away. Not the cutting Dewey, away. the Dewey is the YouTube, the YouTube scene that we're gonna go for in years from now. But yeah, it, like I said, there's a lot of good ones. Even that, honestly, that Kyle Gallner, the death in the beginning of him just getting stabbed in the neck and then the repeated stabbings really sets the tone. I think for the rest of the movie. But it's it, yeah, it's the Wes Hicks. And you couple that with the fact that his mom just died. It's just, that's pretty brutal. And that, the, the lack of cutting away is such a smart decision by the filmmakers. Yeah. Uh, I'm, Caffrey. Uh, same, Wes Hicks. I mean, I'm Dewey, obviously. But you know what I think, though, too? Because I kind of... I wasn't positive Dewey was going to die, but I remember you guys had discussed it. And once again, I'm like, guys, I, you could kind of see where that scene was going a little bit. I mean, it's an amazing scene. And not even just for his death, but for just that whole extended sequence. But the yeah, Wes and his mom getting it, it, once again, it it was this emotional apex where suddenly I was caring about Deputy Hicks all, like out of nowhere, like and like just from that the, that you know yeah. the scene at home mm-hmm. and then the scene in the car. So it was like compounded with that emotional connection. I'm a huge fan of daylight horror, and I love that you brought up the Michael Myers thing too. It, it's almost like if Michael Myers had gone in and killed Laurie Strode when he's you know looking at her from the yeah. from the clothesline. It's a good point. Yeah. So surprising, and and it was long too, man. It was like it like stretched me out, and it was great. Yeah, the fake of ju- the, all those fake out jump scares uh, that never it. came. It was, it was I love that. Excellent. I I was reminded, and I mean this sincerely, of another fifth entry of a slasher oh. franchise with Rachel, and with Rachel in Halloween Five. Great yeah, sequence. That was my, Best scene in the movie. Getting out, of the, getting out of the shower and walking around the house. Oh man, and, that's so dead on. Fuck, I forgot about the shower. Well, there, yeah, there were there were multiple Halloween references. Well, the hospital. Oh, yeah. Well, the the opening when she's backing up, and then Ghostface comes in from from the behind. The dark, you know, when yeah, from the dark, from like the closet sequence, the entire hospital sequence where the sister's like roaming around the hospital hurt. She, when even when she pokes her head out, mm-hmm. it's very much like when Lori pokes her head out you, in the door. There was a there was look, a, a then, corridor that had like red light too in the, the scene too. I feel mm-hmm. like the lighting and yeah. the, the elevator for also the very elevator, too. The you know just that hall that hall sequence are all standing there is very much like when Myers is on the ground. And they're like don't. Touch him. Don't go near him. <laughs> Wait, it's Do you like... think, though... Oh, go ahead, Rafa. I think we're on the same page. You like scary movies? <laughs> do you want to die? Is that the best you can do? Because Billy and Stu were much more original. That's correct, Mike. And I have to say, I do. And so do a lot of characters in this movie, as well as the filmmakers, because a lot of references are made once again. Let's go around in a brief circle like we've done before. I'll kick it off, and I'll moderate this as best as I possibly can. Um, so obviously Dawson's Creek is seen. Nice little Kevin Williamson attribute. Mike Rock. I have I have a specific thing on that. Ooh. This is crazy. So I, I was a huge fan of Dawson's Creek and I'm pretty sure and I need to rewatch it because again we haven't been able to rewatch this movie. I'm pretty sure it's the season one episode The Scare. Now here's why that's funny mm-hmm. for two reasons. One, the episode includes not one, but two scream stars. One yep. Joshua Jackson from Scream 2, hmm. and more importantly, Scott Foley. 
of uh, Scream. Scream 3. And then yeah. two, here's the second one. It also features the game watching I Know What You Did Last Summer, also co-written or also written by Williamson, but then also starring Sarah Michelle Gellar of and Scream 2. Scream 2. This is like fucking a layered nightmare. cake of meta. Yeah. So that, that was bizarre to me because the, the first shot they show, I believe they show fully. No, Josh and Jackson, like, I think. Oh, is it Josh Jackson? They show Scott Foley. I, I think really they show Joshua would, Jackson. Are you sure? There's no I way was, they show Scott Foley. I thought the Foley. same thing. I, w- I thought the same thing, but I, 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 I was like really thrown off there for a I second. I think it's Pacey and, you might and, be right. and Joey. I think that's who they show. But anyway, okay. Mac, what about you? Oh, wait, Brock, did you have one? That, that, kind of that was mine. Too. That was All my right. big one. Yeah. Mac, what about you? Well, I just echoing what I said before, but like, yeah, the, the nod to Halloween at the beginning, mm. the Halloween 2 hospital-esque sequences. And then, yeah, the Rachel death is very much like the Judy Hicks in the middle of the day stuff. Halloween 5. And then, yeah, that was those are my Halloween references. I'm trying to think of other ones. Vanderbilt. Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Yeah, the Ryan Johnson comp, right? And we talked about earlier, but they, they, they literally name check like it follows in the Babadook and those yeah. quote-unquote elevated horror movies, um, prestige horror movies. Uh, Caffrey. When Kyle Gallner, Gallner, Gallner mm-hmm. is outside the bar and he hears the music playing from the car and he turns and he looks and he sees you know, the music playing from the car, was a reference to Mr. Tavoli in Halloween Kills when the nurse oh, comes out and hears the, it was kind of similar. <laughs> it was kind of similar. Probably, I'm sure it wasn't, but I did think about that. They, they like saw an early cut of Halloween Kills. They're like, we got to put this in the movie. <laughs> they read the, uh, they Tivoli. read the, they read the Reddit thread. We got the, to get this in No, they the probably movie. did. They, kinda, they probably did. The characters probably did read the Reddit thread about Halloween Kills. They probably, yeah, <laughs> we put in there. I will keep my mouth shut on Mr. Tivoli because it's yeah, a very we, yeah. sensitive um, topic. I, Something to, I noticed yeah. that, I, and I look to to Mike and Mac when they drive into town, they mm-hmm. pass Elm Street. Yes, they do. Yeah, yeah. but and they, somewhere they mentioned that they Sydney say Elm lived, Street that she lives. Sydney on, right? lives on Elm. Yeah. Oh, okay. But I mean, says, but yeah. Wes, was, was the, the character West named after West Craven? I'm, I'm guessing it has to be. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, oh, for yeah, two reasons, definitely. because at the part at the part, well, the party, whatever the fuck was going on that night. The, the the funeral or the the wake they have Belinda say four wests and then at the oh, end of the movie it also cool. says four wests what if they did so, what if they did the four west thing at the end of the movie then they just showed a picture of the character like it's really, really <laughs> confusing. Like, wait, what? <laughs> oh did we mention right. that this movie references the film scream Stab as well. Now, Stab oh, yeah. was established Ooh, in the film stream too. Here's a question. I will say when they when they showed Stab 8 or whatever it was with like the mask and the – I don't know. Was that like a – I feel like that was almost like hitting at the Saw movies a little bit, just however the top probably, they got yeah, probably. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Now, the funny thing is – like nunchucks? I'm sure that we <laughs> yeah. missed like a lot too. like two katana too. blades to me, but per- it could have yeah, been blades. nunchucks. Yeah, yeah. I'm well, sure they, we missed a lot that we will catch in the years to come and we'll have to – I'm sure people hopefully add us and say, "Hey, you forgot to talk about this, and we can talk about it later on I in did, life." I did think it was cute that they they mentioned that the last film was shit and it was directed by the Ready or Not filmmakers. <laughs> oh, the, I didn't catch that. So no, yeah, they mentioned it's by the 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 Knives Out Radio guy. Silence. Oh, they did they say the Knives Out guy? No, or yeah, they the they had a whole scene, which is why I think I it's I guess I'm confused on what the movie's trying to say because all the characters seem to hate the last one, which is eight, because it got all it. Uh, got too dour and it it brought in all this social stuff and it was directed mm. by and it's the eighth one too. Yep. Well, that's why I was saying I do feel like it kind of goes after everybody in a way. Yeah. But it, it, but then it ends up just kind of landing on the toxic uh-huh. yeah. fandom. Yeah. Okay. Well, wow, we're at, we're at, we're at an end. 
Really? Which means that there's only time for one last scare. Brandy said the killer's always superhuman. Yeah, well, he wasn't superhuman, Dewey. He wasn't superhuman at all. All right, so, wow, this is not the season finale necessarily because we still have to rank them next month. I'm very proud of everybody for not accidentally giving your rankings away during this at all. Very proud. And, of course, rankings are always in flux, so it could have changed anyway. Yeah, I guess we're going to do five, uh, was it five, what was the old bit from a year ago? Grandfather time? Grandfather, Grandfather time, time my goodness. Let's go back in time for this bit. <laughs> Let's start off with, he's floating down there in Florida, floating Mike Rothman. <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> I'm back on the pot. No, I'm just joking. I've been here the whole time. I, I got to say, the thing I was thinking about while watching this is that uh, I think it's a shame that Scream 4 happened. Hmm. Because I think it couches a lot of the big moments in this film that I think would have hit even harder. I think the return of Woodsboro would have been a lot harder if this is the first time you're coming back. Um, I think the whole reboot, remook, remook, remake argument, which I know as a lot has changed in 10 years, so it's become more of like the requel thing. But it still kind of felt like a case of deja vu with the conversations there. I think that would have hit a lot harder. But again... And, and again, I don't know, I think the difference for me between the two is that, like, I feel like Scream 4 actually, you know, obviously Scream 4 tackles the influencer and Scream 5 hits on the toxic uh, fandom. So in that vein, I actually think Scream 4 does a better job in with a little more nuanced discussion versus the, you know, blunt trauma I received about toxic fandom here. But that's it. I mean, I think in, in other ways, I think this is a total improvement. It kind of reminds me of like how Taylor Swift's been going back to her older albums and giving them an upgrade and a facelift because Scream 5 feels like an upgrade on what I was saying before. Like I thought it was kind of a fan-friendly entry, which was Scream 4. This is violent. This is a most violent scream, as I called it earlier mm-hmm. and as I've already tweeted about it. I, I think that there are very few punches that are pulled in this movie, and I love it for that. I think it's fucking brutal. I think some might call it gratuitous, but I think that's the fucking point. Mm-hmm. It was a blockbuster comedy, b- b- you know, in, by 2000. So you need to go back and hit the jugular. And I don't know. I, I think sending the way they send Dewey off really kind of speaks to that sentiment of just how far they're going to go with their blows here. Sorry, this is all scattered. Again, what we've been saying all episode, we're all still processing this. So this is really yeah. kind of hard. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I pretty much made my decisions with a lot of stuff with Halloween Kills pretty fast in that one. Where this one, I'm still kind of sitting on a lot of it. I think it's a better movie. I think it's a, but I think it's a, it's a better movie than four. But it's also a better horror movie, and I think that's really important, especially when you're talking about the fucking fifth entry in the movie that was we've been hammering home this whole episode. And I think it's really important that this movie takes big risks. I love the Billy stuff. I'm interested to see what they could do with that down the road. I love the way that it influences the character of Sam. I, I think there's a lot of excitement that I have in this franchise that I didn't anticipate having in the fifth fucking entry. So anyway, I, that's all I'm at. I don't know. It's almost like unfair to give a rating for this so soon. But You know what I think about? How about this? I've been thinking about this all day because usually with me, I can like give you a rating right away. Maybe we should wait to give our ratings on the rankings episode. Does that make? Does, do eh, I have, I have, I have a rating I mean, ready to go. Fans are tuning in to this. Okay, one fine. Well, <laughs> right. right now, we they can change between now and yes, the, and we can, we can change. do it again. Rankings because That's we right. sat with it longer, maybe even seen it again, kind of thing. Rothman, what do you, what do you got? I think I'm at a four on this one. Wow. All right, yeah, four, yeah. four. You have to say it though. 
four out of four. Uh, wait, oh, is it four out of four? Four out of five. Four out of five. Oh, oh, four out of five. Yeah, no, it's four out of five. Uh, what was it Ghostface Mask? Uh, Father Time. Grandfather masks? Time. Grandfather Time. Masks. Masks. Very yeah. good. Very yeah. good. Mackenzie Gerber. Yeah, I'm also going to give it for Grandfather Time Masks. I think uh, just to echo what Mike said and what I said at the very beginning that we're this is the fifth movie and I care about these characters. I'm excited about another film after this that could continue with characters only introduced in this movie. <laughs> I think that it it feels grounded. It's scary again. I think Ghostface is scary. It's not I don't know, even even when they're slipping around and falling, Ghostface always slips around and falls or you know, gets hit by something or gets kicked in, in the, you know. Kicked in a jimmy. Yeah, I, I just think that it, like Mike said, it got me, I'm excited again about where this could go, which I never thought would be the case. I think it definitely improves upon four. I think that uh, it, it it used the old characters in a, in a great way to serve this the new cast, which is how these movies should be going forward, knowing that it's harder and harder and harder to get the old cast to come back. So yeah, for me, it's a, it's four grandfather time masks and maybe uh, a knife slowly pressed into someone's neck. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, Mike Vanderbilt, not James Vanderbilt, Mike Vanderbilt. You know, it's rare that the fifth film in a long running franchise can hold a candle to the series legacy. We can't all be Silent Night, Dead Night 5, the toy maker. The toy maker. Uh, despite its flaws in the third act, some of which can be chalked up to the themes of the movie, which we discussed in the show, Five Cream works for me. I appreciate when the Scream films nail the theme of not only sending up horror, but sending up genre tropes through it and kind of commenting on what's going on at the time, which the original and even the flawed third do very well. Uh, this treads some of the same ground as four, but improves upon it. And really, you could skip that one. Uh, it does. It doesn't. Well, it doesn't need to exist. And Deputy Hicks, the character, still works in five. And the movie would have been a new classic if it didn't pull its punches in taking the piss out of elevated horror and shitty requels to pander to the quote unquote just let people enjoy things crowd and everyone's best friend Ryan Johnson. And to be fair, I thought Last Jedi was just fine, like all the sequel trilogies. <laughs> this, this is like your defense, but groundbreaking it is not. The kids should have talked about movies more, and it stumbles into third act, not unlike Ghostface, but Force Ghost Billy Loomis encourages our heroine to violently murder that man. Count me in. Uh, the, the new film would work without the classic trio, I think, but Dewey gets a good ending in a tragic gunslinger sort of way. I liked Gail saying that she wouldn't write a book, let them die in anonymity, and the line about killing her best friend. Uh, but Sid got a better ending in three, and it should have been left at that as she simply coaches from the side on this one. I really don't think she needed to be there. Uh, but that said, the new group of kids, as much as I'd love for this to be, I wouldn't, I mean, I'd love it as much as I'd love for this one to be it, to be done. I wouldn't mind seeing them again commenting on wherever horror pictures are in 10 years. So overall, five cream works and may rank among the top for me, but we'll find that on the rankings episode. Three, three grandfather time masks. Masks. All right, very good. Maybe a half. I have to, maybe I might see it again. Well, you know what? We'll get back to okay. us in a month. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds a little more like a three and a half. I got to be honest. I know. Yeah. You know well, no. But to be fair, if if you follow Mike Vanderbilt on Letterboxd, he usually gives his ratings oh, out five, of four. four. That's true. It's, so it's very rare. So think of it that way too. Okay. Five Dan star Caffrey. is a very rare review. Yeah. It's like a, it's got to be Sleepaway Camp. You know, <laughs> Indeed, it does. Star, right? <laughs> it does. Dan Caffrey. 
Uh, you know, I might call this movie a uh, scream of the crop, if you will, because uh, <laughs> <laughs> regular Rex Reed over yeah, here. No, oh God, <laughs> rest yeah. in peace, King. For, for everything you guys are saying and and more, I I had no idea what to expect. I it delivered on everything. It still surprised me. I said this before. It it, it did the rare thing of actually honoring the past while also being very forward thinking. I like what I think it was Mike said about it feeling like an actual horror movie because when I saw the first scream when I was younger. I feel like I wasn't really picking up on the jokes. I really did just look at it like a straightforward slasher movie. And I think this movie functions as that really well. I like that. I was guessing with the killer the whole time, the effects are great. I felt myself connected to these characters in a way. I mean, and I like, I like scream three and scream four, but I don't think I'd felt invested in the characters from a hum- human standpoint, probably since two, I think with, with doing that. And, and, yeah. and I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just the time we're in where, you know, with COVID or whatever else that like, they're just movies where we collectively as a, as a, as a planet are into seeing these movies and we know we're all seeing them and we know they're all going to talk about them. I feel like those films are few and far between right now. So just the event element of it, it really stuck with me. I love that. Like everyone seems to be like, no spoilers, no spoilers. And everyone's adhering yeah. to that. Like, like I can't honestly yeah. no, wait till I, tomorrow. Yeah, no, that's true. That, that's true. But it's when Gen Pop goes sees the movie. <laughs> yeah, like what is it? The Gen Z that the Richie calls out. Yeah, I, I really did feel like just a sense of excitement around seeing the movie that I hadn't felt in a long time, and I wasn't let down in the slightest by it. My only real critique was the look. We all talked about Sumacher's house not quite landing, and even though I do, you know, I do enjoy Halloween. Halloween Kills. I walked out of both of those movies with such conflicting emotions, you know, with like things I really loved about it and how I love just being in that world, but also just kind of scratch my head. Some of the boneheaded decisions and that, and there was nothing like that in the, in this movie, even the, the weaker points of it, I think were justified. Like Vanderbilt was saying, because of what the conceit of it is and because of the series it is. And I also can't, I can't really think of another horror franchise series that has this kind of tone to it. It just feels so unique, even in 2022. So I'm going to give it uh Let's, let's see. Yeah, four grandfather time masks. I want to add a half, so we'll do like a little sickle. Grandfather time sickle because he has a sickle, Ooh. not a knife. That's what he he uses. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I loved it. I'm really excited to see it again and and ranking. And uh, yeah, I'm excited about the future of this franchise too. So, and I'm I'm like no bones about it. Unequivocally excited about it. Not like I'm excited, but I hope they don't do this stupid ass thing. I think it's back in a good place. So that's mine. I'll say the most baseline thing at first is you know it's really hard to make movies. And <laughs> believe it that no, and for for me to be this engaged in in the fifth entry of any series, I don't care if it's You Only Live Twice, Puppet Master Five, The Toy Maker <laughs> from the from the famed Silent Deadly movies, it's tough. And I, I felt more engaged with new characters in a Scream movie for the first time, honestly, since the first Scream. Doesn't necessarily affect my ranking, but we will find out in a month. A- am I dreading the fact that the next movie might? be in direct reference to sequels to requels. Sure. I'm a little nervous about Halloween kills territory. <laughs> um, this new ensemble is so good. I was not left waiting for the original trio to come back. That says a lot about the new, the new staff that came in. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of times I know, I think Mac and, and Brofman will agree with me when you think about the Chris Carter's coming back for X-Files the uh, Robert Tappert's coming back for Evil Dead, sometimes it's better to let go. And obviously because Wes Craven is no longer with us, he didn't really have a choice in the matter. But I do think that the writers and the directors did a great job of paying homage and honoring the past, but 
embracing their own future with their own new characters in this world. And I think that's so hard to do. And we've seen so many franchises from sci-fi to drama to horror stumble in that regard. I think they pulled off really well here. I, I think it's a good movie. And the more and more we've discussed it, and even as the time has gone on, I'm feeling even a little bit more affection to it than I necessarily felt last night. Damn, I think that's also man, a good man. sign. And, and I'm, I'm also looking forward to rewatching it soon. I'm, I'm not always feeling that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, I could, yeah. Yeah, and you're Mike Rothman, you're going to go see it. Hopefully you're going to go see it at that same theater. <laughs> same the, theater. Well, the yeah, Dead Silence. Know, the Dead it. Silence Theater. I was like, is it going to be Theater 19 again? Because I really need to sit in filth. Um, so, and I give my ratings here. I'm tired of sitting in my own on, filth. Can I sit in somebody else's <laughs> filth yeah, for a minute? Can I shit in the theater and add some stuff to it? Uh, <laughs> and my rating system is, is obviously, this is in terms of the Screamiverse, not in terms of the, the history of cinema. So in terms of the Screamiverse... I'm going to shockingly give this four grandfather time masks out of five. Really, all I wanted, honestly, before we went in, I said, I just hope it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I was pretty damn impressed with what they were able to pull off 25 years later and four sequels later. Unreal. So, yeah, four grandfather time masks out of five. It's, I'm happy. I think we all seem to, to enjoy it for the most not for the most part. We all seem to enjoy it, period. The more we talk about, about it, listeners, as we, why, don't go, why don't you go live us a review about yeah. that? Yeah. You like <laughs> the movie. As we walked out of the theater, I, I guess felt... toxic fans. I yeah. definitely felt cold out because I felt I felt a little too seen in the hero, heroes. I mean, I mean, I mean, villains of the <laughs> villains of the piece. Uh, but yeah, the more we talk about it, like it, it, the, th- the themes, it 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 hits it, even though pretty you know, clever, pretty yeah. clever. In, in a, in, not in a winking way, it's in a way you kind of have to look back and say, oh, I yeah. see now. Yeah. I, it's funny because we, I mean, we made a point in the text thread not to share elaborate thoughts about the movie. I don't even think we, I think you guys asked like, oh, good or bad. And I just said good and that, that was yeah. it. But I really, I mm-hmm. didn't think anyone hated it, but I, yeah, I honestly wasn't sure how positive the reception was going to be collectively for us. So this is a, a, a nice surprise to say the least. The minute, the minute Billy appeared, I, I said, Vanderbilt's gonna love this. I yep. have no idea how Justin's gonna handle this. <laughs> no, I, I even I was like, oh, I was happy to see our boy Ski Lorik back in some way. You know, that's kind of fun. It was fun. I, I was I, a big, you know, that could have been so bad. A big smile just right on my face. It was surprising, I, I was man. Just was, like I was just like so excited. I know to see what was gonna. What are they doing? I was like, <laughs> could we get this guy it. a new shirt? Like, get him a clean white shirt or something. <laughs> Why is all the blood? Well, Mac, you said, what are they doing? And I'm sure people are saying, what are the Halloweenies going to be doing next? Well, if you go to <laughs> patreoncom backslash pod, we've got so much there for you. I think by the time this episode drops, or I think they'll still be awaiting a Prince of Darkness. Rundown. Is that correct, Mike Hoffman? I believe. Okay, yeah. so you'll be looking forward to that. We've got a pretty great commentary that was also run on uh, this month, and that movie was. I know what you did last summer. Evan Williamson classic that's aged really well. I think we all agreed on that back in 1997. Much more to come, and of course, we're going to wrap up season four. How about that? We've been doing this for over four years now, wrapping up season four with our scream rankings, and also a brief look ahead at horror in 2022. As well as, first thing we're saying on this podcast, Evil Dead 2022, hail to the Halloweenies, baby. Yeah. We're gonna, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. So uh, any final words? I, actually, I'm saying, I'm retracting that offer because we've been going for three and a half hours. I'm wrapping this goddamn thing up right now. <laughs> End it. And Pass so the for torch, the last, Justin. For the very last time, really, we'll be, be right, right back. back.
This is the end of our show. For now. Tune in next week. If you like our programming, consider searching for other bloody disgusting podcasts, such as Creepy, Horror Queers, The Boo Crew, SCP Archives, Nightlight, Margaret's Garden, Nightmare on Film Street, and more. <laughs>